0: Getting a new vehicle can be stressful, but not at Lake Elsinore Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram. That's where surfers go inland to purchase their new and used vehicles. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Neon Wave. Neon Wave is an internationally local shop, a concierge to the modern nomad. They bring together carefully chosen surf, fashion, art, and snowboarding gear with a curatorial eye that's drawn to the best of the best, technicality, creativity, and sustainability. Their team is born from nature, raised by the wave, and nurtured by the culture they support. This is Neon Wave. We look forward to moving forward. Check them out at thisisneonwave.com. EarthPact, customized eco-friendly retail and e-com packaging since 1989. In a time of increasing environmental awareness, EarthPack is an advanced supplier of affordable recycled packaging for businesses of all sizes. EarthPack provides custom products and services and continues promoting sustainability while fulfilling the individual packaging needs of eco-friendly retailers nationwide. Check them out at earthpack.com. Just live. We believe a life is meant to be lived to its fullest potential. In order to do that, you need to feel at your best, both physically and mentally. We founded this community to share what we found as professional athletes that can help people of all walks of life. So, you can go out and do exactly what you're supposed to do. Just live. Friends and family, brothers and sisters, welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. Our guest this week
1: was a Pipeline North Shore Charger back in the 70s and 80s, right a while ago, dude, who made a name for himself, and it was a standout star in Quicksilver's performer movies. He rolled with a heavy local crew, including good friends Buttons, Marvin Foster, and other North Shore regulators, and was definitely the one you didn't want to cross in or out of the water. There's been plenty of dark stories, rumors, and stigmas throughout the years surrounding his involvement in violence, guns, and drugs, in which most everything's probably public knowledge, but including spending some time in prison. We'll get to that. But unlike most that go down the wrong path, he was able to turn his life around. He's a contributing citizen to society and continues to work at Quicksilver, where he first got his start as a pro surfer. And he's still here today. Who knows how many years? We're going to find out. And we are so pumped. We look forward to this episode with Michael Mickey fucking Nielsen.
2: Mickey fucking (laughs) Nielsen. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. bro.
0: You are like surfing royalty. You yeah. know, you're Hawaiian surfing, a legend, a living legend. Well, and thank you. We're fucking really stoked. Yeah, about
1: I mean, the the just anybody that's a star on the North Shore. <laughs> you know, like in in those days. On, um, I mean, it's heavy now, but it was so heavy
0: back in the day with the crew and the lineup. Yeah, it
2: was a little different back in the day. Yeah, you know, for sure.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, before we let's let's start the beginning, Mickey. Okay. Um, you, where where did it all start for you?
2: Uh actually, the first time I ever surfed was in Mazagon, Mexico. No, no way. I went on a vacation with my parents when I was about seven or eight years old. So that'd be like nineteen sixty six, maybe wow. nineteen sixty seven. So, so you were born in Hawaii, or I was born in California, okay. and I moved to Hawaii. My family moved to Hawaii in sixty seven. Okay. So my my parents are originally from Chino. Chino, so wow. don't let them say nobody from the 909 can't surf. Oh wow. hell no, right? <laughs> and then I grew up my hey, whole there's, life. There's in a Hawaii.
0: lot of proud 909ers right now. Yeah, <laughs> you know, finding out that Mickey Nielsen came from fucking
2: it, 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 Chino. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. As a, as we, a we've grown. got a lot of Chino friends. Yeah. yeah. So
1: you moved over around seven, you said, or six? Yeah, I was like
2: 1966, 1967. When okay. I, I was fourth grade in elementary school. Cool. Yeah, well, yeah. So well, it grew up uh,
0: until. Until fourth grade here and then moved to Hawaii. Yeah. On Oahu? Yes. Okay. In Kuleo. But didn't surf until a year later in Mazelan. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay.
1: And then after that...
0: Took over. Took over. Yeah. So what... Um,
1: That's so awesome. What... what when I'm, you... Sorry. When you went to Hawaii, what, what was
2: the reasoning for your parents move? My father was a carpenter. Okay. And a, a friend of his had moved over there and... They were just actually like, the building boom was in Hawaii, yeah. mm-hmm. so we moved over there. Good work. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And obviously the weather. Like anybody from
2: Hawaii knows where Hawaii Kai is. Yeah. yeah. So I lived in Kuleo Valley, which is the valley before that, and there was nothing in Hawaii Kai. They had just built the marina. Yep. There were still Hawaiians living in Hawaii Kai. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not what it is today. Yeah. Hawaii
0: Kai is like the uppity, like, kind of more now, suburban... Yeah, now it is. You
2: know, people go, oh, you're from Hawaii oh, you must have money. <laughs> yeah. you no, know, but I, I lived in Kulio'o and we never had money. Yeah. Yeah. So Change. that was
0: pretty awesome. Uh, did you even realize, like, what moving to the islands was at that age or no? No, not, not really. Yeah.
2: But I, I realized when I went to school, because there wasn't too many white people going to my school at the time. Yeah. My elementary school. And it's, it's funny because later on in life, I, you hear people talk about uh, prejudice and, and racism and all this. And yeah. it's like, we were actually the minority. The white people. Being the little Howley kid from yeah. is was the minority, you know yeah. what I mean? So you felt that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. you could feel it. You know, the last day of school was called Kill the Howley Day. <laughs> and December the 7th was called Slap the Jap Day. Because that's the day they bombed Pearl Harbor.
0: No way!
2: That's how okay. it was when I was growing up. Yeah. yeah. You, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. That kind of thing. So, yeah.
0: Wait, last year's school was Kill the holiday. Day. Yeah. And December 7th is Slap the Jap.
2: Yeah. Wow. Because that's the day the Japanese bomb pro. Yeah. Out. But yeah. my father made sure I went to school every day on the last day. Yeah. Because he thought it was funny. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Did you have any brothers or sisters? Yeah, or? I have uh, three brothers. Oh, wow. Yeah. Three brothers. So, Are one, one older, two younger. Okay. And cool. Two have passed on, one is still around. Oh, sorry with i sorry. My mom and Hawaii.
0: Yeah. They're still in Hawaii, too? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah.
2: Now, so Mazalon, uh, family trip? It was just a family trip with some of my dad's buddies from Chino. Yeah. And they had an old warty surfboard, and um, we just tried it, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. And was anybody else surfing in, in, in your group? Or um, just well, my,
2: my father then used to go, I remember when I was a real small kid, my father used to take us fishing at, at Blackie's mm-hmm. uh, in Newport. Sweet. And, um... Things like that, you know?
1: Yeah. So you, you were around the beach and surfing, even though you grew up in Chino, like at a young age. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: And then as soon as we moved to Hawaii, so, uh, you know, Kuleohoi Hawaii is on the southeast side of the island. You have Sandy Beach, so my dad would just take us down to Sandy Beach and throw us in the shore break. Whew. Yeah. And that's how you learn how to swim.
1: Rough back then, huh? Yeah. Like that's oh, not a that's not a learning.
2: Each more people have broken their necks at Sandy Beach than I think any other beach in the world. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. For body surfing and stuff like that. And then and then we moved to, uh, on the weekends, we'd go to Hawaii Kai. I mean, uh, Waikiki. Yep. And um, we joined a surf club while my Hanai uncle, them started a surf club called Kamaliomakai.
3: Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home at Byte.com, that's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com.
2: And that's where we met. I met Buttons, Mark Liddell, Dan, nice. and all those guys. My uncle used to make their boards before they before they rode for Ipa. Was he your uncle, uncle, or just like no, my hanai, my hanai uncle. Okay, you know got and it, he, got he, it. Lived, he lived with our family and he taught us all about surfing and stuff nice. like that. And he shaped boards. He shaped boards and glass. He lived at one time. He lived on Wainani Way in Waikiki, and he. He had a two-bedroom house, and he shaped in one room, and he glassed in the other, and he, <laughs> and he lived in the living room. Gnarly. That's pretty awesome. And, he, and and Button's family used to live right across the street from him. Oh, wow. So, Do you
1: remember the board brand, or just, what
2: was... Oh, it, it was just called Zubity Lau. It was Zubiri his Lau. nickname. James Zubity Lau was his name. That's awesome. And um, he was a pretty well-known surfer in Hawaii and yeah. things like that.
0: It, was he Hawaiian, too? Yes. Yeah. Hawaiian Chinese. So like, the... The guys, like you said, buttons, Mark Liddell, um, Dane, 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 you guys, you guys are the same age group, right? Yeah,
2: they're a couple years older than me, okay, just a couple like two or three years older than me. So, when you came back
0: from Mazatlan, you're like, I gotta I'm get into surfing. surfing, yeah, yeah. And then,
2: was your first port from your uncle? No, actually my dad went down to the old surfboards Hawaii, Greg Noll surfboards Hawaii shop in Kapoulu and bought a bunch of uh, used boards. Sick. And then we started surfing Waikiki by the wall. Yeah. yeah that's where most people surf and then moved up to Queens and, and that's where every, that was like the epic center of surfing on the south shore was Queens, they had the Waikiki Beach Center. Yeah. I mean everybody, Willie, Willie Grace, Louis Ferrero, Mark Buttons, Reno Abelera's Younger brother Ramey, all kinds of people.
1: Yeah. So every weekend you would just go pile down on the beach and just surf all and day. just hang out in
2: Waikiki to, all weekend long.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah. What a life huh? what as a
1: kid. A trip, right? I mean, it's not built up like it is now, but it was
0: booming back. I mean,
1: oh, yeah. It was out of control out back of control.
2: then. It was, it was great to be a kid back then in, yeah. surf, in surfing.
0: But a lot of construction going on and all that. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: Hawaii, that was, you know, the 60s and 70s, that's when Hawaii was booming. And, and things like that, but...
0: That's when Elvis was going over there all the time, right? For sure.
2: <laughs> you know... Well,
0: Elvis and Don Ho? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. You know,
2: but... There's a lot of guys from Coolio- the Coolio-O side, New Valley, that, that came up that... Like, I used to go to intermediate school, and I used to walk past Jerry Lopez's mom's house, and I'm friends with his younger brother, Kit. And then, like, the filmmaker Jack McCoy... Yeah. He went to elementary school with my real uncles... In, in cool, And he's from Coolio O2. Wow. So there was a lot of surf. And when I was in elementary school, Dennis Pang used to hang out with my next door neighbor and shape boards in his carport. And they were in high school. Wow. And they used to pay me like two bucks to clean up all the mess after. That's so there's a lot of good surfing talent that came from that area. Now yeah. the, that's where the Monises live Yep. now. And we're talking, this is all South Shore. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then my uncle moved out to Sunset Point. I was, like, in intermediate school, so I'd spend every free moment I could out there at his house. Yeah. And got to meet everybody on the North Shore and so start When to, you say
0: intermediate school, what does that junior mean? High. Junior high. Junior high, 7th,
2: 8th grade. Okay. So you're, a, what, 12? 12, 12 four, 13, 13, yeah. Yeah, 12, 13 years old.
0: So were you starting to get pretty good at
2: surfing? Uh, I was decent. Yeah. I was decent.
1: And the crew you are hanging with, like, you're with, like... I mean, some... Oh, I used phenom- to go Phenomenal he, surfer, He yeah. used to have an old Ford van,
2: and everybody, like Mark Island. Buttons, everybody would pile into the, the van, and we'd drive out to the North Shore before he rented his house and just camp on the beach at Belsieland. Yeah. You know what I mean? So...
1: Damn. Yeah. I know. And then what was like, you know, here you are growing up on the South Shore, surfing over there, and then he, obviously you guys know the North Shore starts cranking.
2: Yeah. You guys are going over there. I mean... We, we used to go to off the walls and, and camp at off the walls and there, nobody was surfing. This is before Sean and Mark Richards and all them yeah. turned off the walls into Kodak Reef. Nobody is surfing over there. Yeah. You know, it was.
1: Nobody was really going right, just waiting for pipe and going left. Yeah. Into just, the just like for Velsi land, Yeah. There was
2: only one way, the back way into v Yeah. Where you go through the university down the dirt road. That's where you, how, how you got to surf v Otherwise, that, you couldn't even go out over there. Yeah. No,
0: it was a, it was a no man's land. Yeah. Yeah. Especially how they are so, gone. So, growing up on the South Shore, you, you said you started at like Queens and then yeah. Ala Moana bowls was, was happening.
2: Right? Uh, yeah. It, like, that, that, that was the two plot Ala Moana bowls. But see, I grew up in the Kuleo'o side, right? So we surfed all the spots. There's all outer reefs out in front of there. Yeah. From, let's say, Aina Haina all the way to Sandy Beach. There's, there's all kinds of outer reefs with surf that you know, and for years we wouldn't take anybody out there or yeah. tell anybody about these spots because it's still kind of a secret.
4: Like, yeah. Uh, all yeah. that
2: stuff. I, I you know, I, I still see stuff like the guys on the jet ski going out to surf certain spots. Right. I know where they're at on my like, yeah. hey, what are you guys doing? You know? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> keep, it like, keep it on the DL. And, and now
2: even even Portlock Point and stuff like that, they show pictures of it people all the time surfing those and we surfed those places for years with nobody around. Yeah. I bet.
1: A and a lot of them are, are, you have to get onto the base or take a boat from pretty far.
2: Well, not in Hawaii Kai. There's no base. That's in Kanye, on oh, Kanye. He- but, but yeah, yeah. you go surf the Marine base, yeah. like we used to hitchhike over there and then hitchhike in front of the Marine base and have the grunts pick us up yeah. so we could get into the base and surf. We got caught a couple times, but I mean, <laughs> we, that, that's on Kona Wind days.
0: Yeah. So sweet. Still, did you ever get into competition? In, you uh,
2: a little bit, yeah. a, a, a little bit when I was that age, but I don't know, it would, there was, first of all, there wasn't that many contests back yeah. in those days, there were just a couple, of, they had like, on the north shore the contest would be in Haliva or Chuns, and on the south shore it would be Queens and Alamoana. Yeah, and, and basically, and maybe Makaha might have a contest, other than that, there wasn't all that much competition. Did you get sponsored that for- at
0: that age?
2: No, the, the, I was sponsored by my uncle. He made all my boards. Yeah. You know what, what, I mean? what did
0: you what kind of what kind of boards did you ride?
2: Like Oh, he's making all kind of double-winged swallows, stings, you know everybody was yeah. into stings at that time with the single fins. No leash of course, right? yeah No leash. Yeah. yeah.
1: That, that's your conditioning right there, you know? Yeah. Like no Not having a leash is like your lifeline for now, for most everybody now. Well, you learned about,
2: the thing about growing up without a leash is you learned about the ocean and the currents and and how to swim. Yeah. You know what I mean? How to swim in the currents and how to read the the ocean. So, you know, you lose your board. There's, I don't know, I probably lost three or four boards just because I lost them. Yeah. Yeah, The currents took them out and I couldn't either catch them or I didn't know where they were and they floated off. Yeah.
1: That's nuts. That's like a different, that's a different era, you know, like, and and again, like being a waterman is like you said, there's, you had to learn how to deal with currents and and where to go and, and, you know, how to avoid certain situations, even just kicking your board out in the back, you know, like it's closing out and, you know, not straightening out.
2: You used to hang on to it a lot. Yeah. Or as much as you could. Right. You You just get beat.
0: (laughs) So what, what, uh, spots on the North shore did you like to,
2: to surf a lot? Well, once I got out of high school, I, I moved right to Sunset Point. And, wow. and And for the last 40, 30 years, I lived between Sunset Point and Velsieland. That's it. Yeah. And, and you know what I mean? And I surfed anywhere from, you know, mostly Waimea Bay to, to Velsieland. <laughs> the zone. The, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: Somewhere's so,
2: good along that, yeah. that beach
0: there. At any size. So when you graduated high school, you moved over there? Yeah,
2: 1977.
0: Did you have what was your first jobs or did you did you work at any any jobs or
2: Yeah, my father was a framing contractor and um he gave me a job and I was a, in the carpenters union and I was working for him and then I won 200 bucks in a surf contest and said fuck that, I'm going to be a pro surfer.
1: <laughs> what contest was that. Yeah,
2: the pro class trials. Okay. I got Sixth, I think the first time I made the finals, I won like two hundred bucks. Yeah, I said okay, I'm quitting. I'm gonna be a pro surfer now, and I I starved for about ten years. Yeah,
1: right. Yeah, <laughs> but you're living the dream. Living the dream. Yeah. And and, you know? and who who like at that, going from high school turning pro like who's who's the same guys you're still with Buttons you're still with Dan like who uh
2: no I was getting into high school once we had a car then like there was our crew from. Whole, that grew up in Hawaii Kai area, like this guy Taz Tim Fritz, okay. who used to surf pipe back in the '80s on a five ten twin fin and tried to do three sixties in the tube. This I guy was nuts. This him. guy was nuts. Yeah, straight nuts. But um, yeah, there was a there was, and then surfing a lot with Marvin because my uncle, my Hanai uncle, and Marvin's older brother Leonard were friends. So we met each other. We were probably like 12, 13 years old, and then once we both got our, our license. He would come down to my side in the summertime and, and we'd be out on the North Shore. And,
4: yeah.
2: And it was on, you know what I mean? So how was that, like, the difference between surfing
0: South Shore and North Shore, right? Like, different locals, I mean, the yeah, size but, but, and power.
2: But, well, for me, growing up there, because I, my uncle would take us out there all the time and stuff, I got to know most of the boys especially the ones like Mike, like mart the fosters yeah and then the moiponos junior moipono and them who's always surfing v we, we've known each other since we were like 13 14 years old yeah, yeah. so um so you were
0: accepted when you started going over there
2: yeah much. i mean more than most people i would think yeah you, you know what i mean yeah so
1: yeah because we talk about localism and you know, it's still around today, but it's nothing like... Nothing like what no, it was. I, just, I, I went
2: out VLAN a couple of years ago when I was back in Hawaii, and it's like, sad. You're like, oh. who the fuck are all these guys? <laughs> yeah. What the fuck, what happened to the low You know, there's no... There's, there's no... The, control. The, rich, the rich haoles came in. This is about, I would say, in the last 15 years or whatever. They bought all the beachfront property. So now it's too expensive for the locals to live there because the land tax went up so yeah. much. It's so, expensive. you know, the corporate corporations came in, they bought the beachfront properties. Oh, five million dollars. Oh, well, this and that. Well, that the family living across the street uh, yeah. for their for six generations now they can't afford to pay the land tax, so they got to sell their property and, and move to Haula side. Yeah. yeah, you know, and which
1: that's uh, that's every I mean, it's more extreme there because it is paradise. But like, yeah. I grew up in Huntington and I'm just like, wow, like, I mean, how expensive. Oh yeah, People are paying for like what they're paying for. We're like, oh my God. I, I mean,
2: when we first came over here, we used to call it Scummington, right? Because that's when they had Georgia's Surf Center and all the apartments yeah. up above. And yeah.
1: all Huntington, all, all the tweakers up there, you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> Dude, for sure. Yeah, The CD, there was you know, definitely a CD side to Huntington.
0: So did you turn pro when you won 200 bucks?
1: That's how you turned yeah. pro back
2: in those yeah, days. Take the, to, take the money. So so Danny Kwok grew up in the same area as I did. And he was living over here. And a couple of my friends were going to Orange Coast College. So right before I won the money, I came over here to surf. So Danny Kwok comes came from? Uh, he lived in Hawaii Kai. Went to Cocoa Head Elementary School. You're kidding me. Yeah. Okay. And so. It, I don't
0: think very
2: many people. I didn't know that. Didn't so, know. so then his family moved to. And I didn't know him at the time because he's a couple of years younger than me. And he went to a different elementary school. But a couple of my friends knew him. And then they came over here, and they were going to Orange Coast College. Yeah. And we came over here for some, like, amateur contest or something like that. And I met Danny. He said, okay, yeah, we'll help you out. Yeah, we'll give you some shorts, you know what I mean, for Quicksilver. So he was already working for Quicksilver. He had just started working for Quicksilver. Okay. And this is, like, in 1979. Wow. So I was, like, two years, year and a half after high school. Yeah. And then um, when I got six in approval trials, he gave me... Um, you know, he gave me a photo contract and some clothes.
0: So, did you actually get a contract?
2: Yeah, like a, you, a, you a s- photo and insa- yeah, 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 a, a photo insert. What a trip! And, and, and product. It's kind of professional and, for, for being and, so and, far back. Right? And, and the, well, this is this is the beginning of yeah. all these photo ins- And then he explained to me how to photo. Fo- photo incentive work, because at that time, we were strictly against not working, having photographers around us, because a lot of the places we (laughs) surfed and stuff, right? Right, right. But then he he taught me about, hey, you can make money doing this and that, right? And I got a surfboard sponsor, and so what, you know. He was living here now. Yeah. And how did you meet him again, or? Some friends of mine that that went to elementary school Uh, with him had come over here to go to Orange Coast College. Okay, your and then came I came the- over for an amateur contest. I forgot which one it was, but and I was staying with them, and they, they were all staying right down on River Street in Newport Beach. Okay. So I met Danny, and they, they, he had just started working for Quicksilver. What a trip! They, that's when they were on production. Yeah. yeah. It was like one secretary and four partners, and the 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 warehouse was about the size of a two car garage.
1: Yeah. And and he, and Quicksilver, yeah, Quicksilver was just. I mean, it just started, I think, was,
0: 77, right? 76, 77? Yeah. yeah was,
2: this, this is like 79, yeah. 80. Like, so, do you guys know who Marshall Crumb is? He's yes. to live over here. He's you like Marshall. Okay, yeah. well, Marshall Marshall's our mutual friend. Oh, wow. Marshall Crum, grew, What like, a small world. Marshall, he's a board gr- short designer. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's two years older than me, but we all grew up surfing together. Yeah. So when he was going to Orange Coast College over here, then that's how I met Danny
1: and at okay. that time I mean what were the I mean obviously like Lightning Bold and and, and OP. Hang 10 yeah I don't even yeah. think OP was just maybe barely coming alive too at the same time yeah it was more hang 10, hang 10 when I was growing up and so like you know to get a sponsor you're like okay here I got an in with Guys at Quicksilver, but... oh, they gave you one pair of shorts. You know what I mean? You
2: didn't even have stickers (laughs) for the surfboards. No. And you wore the same pair of shorts every day. Yeah. 24-7. You know what I mean? You were somebody, right? Yeah. Somebody. (laughs) You get the contract
0: of the pair of (laughs) boards. It was... I mean,
2: the real sponsors, they they would be laminates. Like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's going... Well, this is even before they had the laminates. Yeah. Right? Then it came out with the laminates. Like... And I don't know if you remember, at one time, they had the star system on the laminates. Yeah. If you were the amateur, you got two stars. If you're the pro, you got four stars. Quicksilver did that. Yeah, I didn't know that. that. That's insane. That's pro- that's
0: pretty cool. But then
2: after I, I after I rode for him for a couple of years, I'd come back on, in the summertime and hang out with Danny and them in, in Newport. Yeah. And then he then like he told me this is like '82 or whatever. He's so, like, "Hey, Mick, why don't you go and, and and start collect make one amateur team in Hawaii?" Oh. And so we started the. We were the first clothing company in Hawaii. To actually start putting a team together, yeah, and, and he le- left that in for me to do. Nice. So then I got a hundred bucks a month.
1: Yeah, because now you're technically. Now
2: like, I could pay my rent.
1: Yeah, you're right. You could still you be a pro surfer, asp- you know, aspiration to do this, some of the contests, yeah. but this is like a, a full job. Like,
2: Well it wasn't really a full job, but I. guess... But you're getting paid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I, like yeah, I, it's a I, job you're getting paid for. Yeah. So
0: were you after you got that contract right for Quicksilver? Did you start like seeking out ph- photographers and trying to get shots in the mag?
2: Once I, once I realized I could actually make money off of it. Yeah. So when, when, when Danny first sponsored me, the only other two guys that were writing for Quicksilver at the time was Marvin and Ronnie Burns. From we, Hawaii. We were like the first three guys to actually be on the Quicksilver team. And in for, the world for, or from Hawaii? For, Hawaii. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. Hawaii,
0: So you, Marvin Foster. And Ronnie. And Ronnie Burns. Yeah. Wow. That's so sweet. That's a star-studded crew right there. Yeah.
1: Sure. All goofies. All goofies. Yeah. <laughs> all goofies. Dominating
2: pipe, for sure. Tom Parrish, the shaper Tom Parrish. Yeah. He was the sales rep for Quick at the time. Okay. So.
1: Do you remember, uh, like, your first photo in the magazine? Like, or first print yeah. ad? Or, or, I or still ad have it. Editorial? Actually. You should. You I had all these
2: photos. It's a, yeah, it was at... Uh, 56th Street, Newport, 54th Street. Newport. <laughs> Your first photo now, was in... My first, fo- my first two photos, and it was on a waist-high wave, and I was on a twin fin, and it was a black-and-white water shot of me doing a snap with the fins out over the top of the wave.
0: No way. Oh,
2: yeah, wow. And then the second shot I got in the magazine was a shot of me doing an off-the-lip at the wedge. No way. At the wedge? Yeah. Was it good or big? That day was pretty good size for yeah. the wedge. Yeah, it was pretty good size for the
1: A. So, so here you are, you're, you're getting photos. One charger gets two shots well, that, That's that's
2: how that's how I learned about the, the yeah about we'll okay, working with the photographer. Work, this is how it works, yeah. You know, I came, I'd come over here, and, and, and for like two three months, we'd would hang out in Newport at 54th Street with yeah. Echo you know, Beach and all, yeah. the whole crew, yeah. right? The whole the whole crew, yeah, yeah. And 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 I learned how to work with a photographer. You know what I mean, like. Yeah. Like, like Danny was telling us, hey, Mickey, you know, it doesn't have to be big and perfect every day for you to get a fucking magazine shot. Yeah. You just need that spur. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So going
0: back to you in Hawaii, and like, were you part of like the
2: hui? I don't know what you think. <laughs> <laughs> He's showing uh, us his yeah, tat. Yeah. Because, <laughs> I
1: mean, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say like, you know, there's always like localism and stuff, yeah. and, and and you know, like the North Shore crew was. I,
2: I've been part of the Hui since
0: 1977. Yeah. And when did the Hui first
1: come 70,
2: out? 76, 70.
0: Right off the no, bat.
2: Right off the bat, yeah, yeah, it was right off the bat. There's only probably 30 guys in the club or 25, 30 guys in the club at the time. Yeah. Because uh, another guy from Coolio, always Billy Blankenfield. And he's one of the original founders of the club that started the club with Eddie and Squiddy and them.
1: Eddie Rothman.
2: Yeah. Okay.
1: And then, what was the like reasoning behind it? Was there just because
2: there was clubs in Australia and other clubs, or was it kind of more looking after each other? No, Ho- Hawaii's always had different surf clubs, but it was just they were tired of the bron- the Aussies coming in and being all flashy and you know what I mean. It was busting down the door. Yeah. Busting down the door time. Down the door time you yeah. know? Yeah. I mean, me and PT laugh about that those days. Now, yeah. for sure. And, and we're all friends. and the same with Eddie. Yeah. You know, when Eddie's over here, he sees PT. It's all yeah. good. But, you know, it was just a, t- a time in Hawaii where
0: everybody's out for their own. And, you know,
2: you and know sometimes you're doing their own. Well,
0: you, you were there before that whole thing was happening. Yeah. 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 That invasion of yeah, all these e- exactly Well,
2: like I said, we used to surf off the walls with by, by ourselves. Our, by ourselves. And, the, you know, the puka shells? Uh-huh. The things were that big all, all over that beach back in those days. That's before the Puka Shell Revolution or whatever yeah. you want to call yeah. it. And they raked all the beaches. But, yeah, um, I remember when Sean and all those guys came and... Started coming. Coming, and all of a sudden, all the cameras were on the beach and off the wall. We were, yeah. You know, we were just out of high school going, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah. You know? And,
0: and I mean, when you're a local, and you're not really thinking about your territory... But when all these fuckers are coming over, you know, trying to take
2: over on it, then yeah, I mean, exactly. That's and, what and created the, the Go to Huntington Beach Pier. There's a crew of locals that you know what I mean. I've yeah. been around for a long time, and they're very territorial about their spot too. Yeah, and everybody. For sure. It's 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 the same thing. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. But Hawaii, you guys were a little bit different. <laughs> Well, I mean, I think that I think the level of consequence, we live on an island. That's yeah. why, bro, you can only go round and round. Yeah, you can't run and hide. We will run into you sooner or later. Yeah, there's right? nowhere to hide. You know, that's that's the thing, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: but that you, you better know, get wave, on the jet. But the wave of consequence, you know, meaning like you know,
2: exactly. It's
1: it's it's so dangerous just yeah. to surf out there without like the crowds and the hassling. And so stuff.
2: so when I was growing up with like one of the founding members, Billy Blankenfield and, and Byron Amoni and those guys. You know, the, the, there was no leashes, right? And so, you know what the rules was, is if you dropped in, you just got slapped and sent in for the day. Yeah. And, and that's just, that's just part of life. Yeah, that's it. You know what I mean? You didn't call the cops. You didn't go run to your uncle. Oh, this guy went not slap me. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Right? It's just, it was accepted. Yeah, it was it. Like, it was, it was accepted, yeah. you, you know? And You learned your lesson, though. You learned your lesson. Yeah. You know? Yep. Just like when you're a little smart-ass kid, you know, you go smart off to somebody, yeah. they're going to slap your head, you know yeah. what I mean?
0: Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. So, I, Pipeline, was that a easy place for you to get wired, or...
2: I'm from Sandy Beach, <laughs> okay? We got Shore Break, we got a slab called Half Point, and then you got the outside point. We grew up surfing the Shore Break, with no leash, single fin boards, but we we would surf the shore break. Back in those days, there wasn't boogie boards. Yeah. yeah. Right? There wasn't that many people body surfing out there. And there'd be about 10 of us that just would charge the shore break. And I think that helped me out a lot. Wow. wow. Quick, quick it, to your feet. Quick and, to your feet. And, and, and knowing in. how to get under the lip. And, and I remember the first time I surfed pipe, real pipe, about 10 feet, we were about, I'd say, 16 years old. And my friend Taz came down the beach with another friend of mine, Kunta, and Kunta never surfed big ways, but... This guy's nuts, too, but he had a bigger board, and they're like, hey, Daz was like, come on, Mick, we go out, just take this board, we go out. I'm like, okay, so we paddled out to pipe, and there was only like eight guys in the water, Oh my god! perfect eight to ten foot pipe, this is like yeah. 74, 73, yeah. you know, around the, that time, and fuck, I remember being out there, and this set coming in, and somebody catching the first one, and I was, next thing you know, I was the guy in position, everybody's going, go, go, go. And I turned around took like three strokes and stood up thinking I was at Sandy Beach Shore break and I got pitched from the top of the wave. <laughs> Straight pitched. And landed and fucking came up. to boiled uh, up underneath you. Yeah, I did a free fall from the top. I just got launched because I didn't paddle hard enough into the face of the wave. Yeah. I figured, okay, fuck, that's about as bad as it's gonna get, yeah. right? You, yeah. you know what I mean? Swim in and get my board and go, okay, I think I got this. And yeah. just started doing it from there, you know? That's a crazy like, that's what it takes sometimes to get you over that, that mindset and that hump. Right? You know what's funny is years later, so Mikey Wright's about fifteen, sixteen, and he's at pipe one day and it's second reef from the west and um
0: Mikey Wright, you're saying? Yeah, you know, Australian okay. kid Mikey
2: yeah. Wright, yeah. Him and Kanoa <laughs> were there, they're little groms, right? And he was just frothing. And I and he and his board broke and he's going, want on, go out on I, I said, look, bro, see the rafters up here? Take any board you want out of here, and you go paddle out and surf. He goes, oh, those are Mark Healy's board. I go, okay, you see where Mark Healy's sitting on the second reef? Take the board, paddle out, paddle by him, and go, hey, Mickey said it was all right if I borrowed your board, right? I go, and you sit about five yards farther, deeper than him. <laughs> and I was looking at Stephen Belly, who used to be Kelly's yeah. caddy and stuff, and he's saw you share about this? And I said, it's either going to make or break him. He's either going to get the wipe out of his life and be scared shitless of the place, or the wave of his life, and just love it. Yeah. And it took him about an hour, and he caught a fucking bomb and pulled in. Remember that old famous shot of Potts? Yeah. Okay. 16 years old? Better than that. Wow. Deeper than that. He pulled into this wave and just got blown out. And. That okay. same day. That session. That session, he got blown out of that wave. On Mark, on Mark Healy's board. On Mark Healy's board, and, and he came in with the biggest fucking grin on his face. Like, what do you think, belly? <laughs> <laughs> Where's Kanoa? Yeah. right legit. Where's Kanoa at? <laughs> what?
0: Well, there's so many questions that come up in my head of like, because pipeline is, it's the proving ground for
2: so many things. You know, what's funny is for me personally, I'm really comfortable in the water. Always have been. So, I mean, it wasn't that hard to me. It was for me. It was because I lived at Sunset Point, right on the beach, right. I love surfing Sunset. Sunset's way more difficult to figure out, especially on bigger days, because the swell's shifting oh, around. And on you your backhand too. And you got such a bigger playing area, you know. Yeah, you get that deep,
1: you pi- pi- wide, you, you know. Sit in, this bowl. place,
2: Half Point, at sandy beach. It's like Pipeline, but just condensed, and it's on dry reef, and right. It, 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 and Pipe. Once you know where to sit. Yeah, where you don't have that many different options unless it goes to the second reef. Yeah, and then like most people, they still sit on the inside and they want to sit underneath that ledge. Well, it's a lot easier to surf when you're catching it from the second you reef. Rolling, chip in. in. You you chip into it. You ro- you catch it way out there. You could do maybe a couple of turns, and when you go to the in- when you're going into the the main part of Pipeline where it stands up and doubles up and all that, if if you watch the you're going hundred fucking miles an hour, and you make a bottom turn, and you cover fifty yards of distance, yeah. and you're already at the bottom of the wave when it's ledging up and sucking up. Yeah, yeah. what? And you see the guys. Otherwise, they're, the guys are paddling up the face, and then they got to try to drop down it. You know what I mean? And you're already at the bottom of it. Yeah. Back it. It's it's a lot easier than. It,
1: and, it, and it seemed like everybody was riding really big boards in that era, you know. So you, yeah, you know, like nobody's yeah. like.
2: Dropping under the ledge, like, you know... Yeah, kind of well, kid. Taz was out there on his 5'10 doing it. Trying turned do yeah. 360s. <laughs> yeah, he was doing it. He, he was doing 360s in a barrel and all kinds of shit. That's on a 5'10 crazy. twin I've heard shit. that before. Yeah, yeah. Of, of someone doing 360s yeah.
0: in a barrel. Um, yeah, because pipe back then, when you were still, you know, in high school, it wasn't as crowded, right? Like, no, you...
2: You'd, you'd go down there and there'd be fucking five guys in the water, six yeah. guys in the water. So you
0: got a chance to like really surf figure it, it out. And yeah, figure and it, surf out. it yeah, Yeah. Because you and Marvin and Ronnie, you know, Jerry Lopez too, right? Like, you, Oh yeah,
2: they were all out there. And Mark Rocklin, Michael K. Aloha, those were the guys that were really surfing it good, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But it's funny because, I don't know, five years ago, whatever, me, me and Michael were sitting on the Volcom deck and you know, everybody's on their phones going, Oh, you gotta see pipe is all time. This, and that. there's like 150 fucking guys out, so gnarly. And it wasn't, it was you know, it's coming in from second reef, but it wasn't perfect pipe. And me and Mike just kind of looked at each other and laughed and go, These fuckers have no clue, yeah. yeah. You know, what I mean, we'd, we'd surf there'd be five guys in the water, nobody on the fucking beach, yeah. We'd be going from second reef all the way down past the lifeguard tower at Eukai, through yeah. the sandbar.
1: That I, I mean, I'm I started going over there in like the early. 90s you know i think my first couple family trips and then you know one over christmas break and easter you know and and i remember an easter swell and there was nobody there like it's easter it's like you know end of march but a 10 foot like west swell came through and there was like eight of us out and i just remember ronnie burns like sitting like and i think even marvin might have been out for a little bit but like it was only left and it was so west that all you had to do is do the rolling, yeah. you know, yeah. and make it. And yeah. we were getting, even if you fell, you're almost ending up in in the sandbar anyways. Yeah, I like that. By that oh pipe. yeah, it would just rip you right it through the rip, sandbar and, and kick you out. And that was like our first like big pipe like yeah. experience. And I'm like, oh, this isn't that bad. And the next winter, you you know. 150 guys out. Yeah. It's and it's true. and it's coming from two directions, and it's just meaty and just, you know, so.
2: Now on the sheet of the day of the year, there's 100 guys out yeah, in Hawaii. Yeah, it's crazy. It's funny because I've been in California now, living in California for 10 years, and my friends were telling me, oh, yeah, you don't even want to go back to Hawaii because, fuck, it's like Orange County and this and that. And I'm like, yeah, I've been, out. you haven't, you know. The fuck, I go back there, and I'm like, Jesus, they're fucking right. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like. Yeah. Still paradise, though. Still paradise. <laughs> I mean, what, I, I would. You lived the the absolute
0: era.
1: Prime time. I, time I, of I definitely it. lived yeah. in the
2: best era there was to be a surfer on the North Shore, yeah. for sure.
1: Just because so, the timing of like where equipment was, how like yeah. the mode, like the the, the, the crew crew, yeah. they're all just young chargers, yeah. and you know you're finally on equipment that
0: actually would you know
1: would, would work, you, yeah, would would get work, you in yeah. and out of those
0: waves.
2: Didn't you ride Willis Brothers? No. What boards did you ride? I had a lot of my boards were made by Alan Byrne, Hot Stuff. Byrne. Hot yeah, stuff. The six okay. channels. Yeah. Yeah. I met him back in seventy-eight, the first year he came to Hawaii. Yeah. And he sold me his six two and his seven six channel bottom boards and just amazing. <sighs> best boards ever, man.
0: Did you ride for Hot Stuff then or no? No, I rode for Alan. Alan would make all my- Okay. I had us Alan I, I was going
2: between Hawaiian Island Creation. And this clothing store called Sarah Surf and Sport. Sarah. And she has, you know, an older Japanese lady. She never had a surf team, but she wanted she made her millions off selling stuff at Ala Moana Shopping Center. And a friend of mine, that was her aunt, and she wanted to start a surf team. So she sponsored like me and Ronnie and about five or six other kids. And she also helped sponsor the um, the H-Pack Pro-Am circuit that they had in Hawaii in the 80s. What was that called? Sarah Surfing Sport. Okay, is the name of the company. Yeah, they're still in Alamona Shopping Center. Yeah, I've heard yeah. of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you, I just it was great. Danny taught me about contracts and stuff. I went in there and said, <laughs> "Oh yeah, I need like ten boards a year, and you know I need a travel incentive, and you know the, the, she, I go, I want this much for a travel incentive." She goes, well, "What are you going to do with it?" I said, "Well, if I don't use it, you don't have to pay me." But the the idea was was. If I'm going to, like, Indonesia, I'll take a photographer with me. We'll try to do an article for the magazine. Yeah. yeah. And then I can make money off my photo incentive from you, Quicksilver, and
0: Rip Curl. Yeah. Look you at know? the big braid on Mickey over no, here. No, you
2: Danny was the one that showed me the ropes. Yeah. About how to do it, right? And this yeah. is all in the beginning of pro surfing. Yeah. Like, real pro surfing, right? right? right. Don't worry, I still had my faults.
0: Yeah. Right?
2: <laughs> so, going back to the Hui. The hooey. Yeah. Uh
0: you were, that, that was like a, just all Hawaiian, pretty much all Hawaiian and, and Transplant hawaii Where you had to live in Hawaii, hawaii for
2: over 10 years or 15 years or okay. something like that.
0: And it was basically a club.
2: Yeah. It was a club. Enforce
0: enforced some things every once in a while if it ha- had to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah I, I mean. Make the whole sure everybody's is, being respectful but, and nobody's yeah. getting out of control. Because, bro, it's, we've exactly. never had somebody from Dahui on the show. No, and our listeners across the world right cuz we get listeners from all over the world have never heard of the hui you okay. know they, they, a lot of people have i'm i'm, I'm sure a lot of well, people most have. people know him as the black short guys yeah. right yeah. yeah
2: those dicks in the movie north shore right yeah <laughs> but when you when you have something like that you got you, you got gotta to protect it. Okay you have seen how blown out the north shore is yeah. now and and that's because okay so there was the, the hui and then everybody's getting older and then there was the wolf pack that came in, all the boys from Kauai yeah. and, and Kala and Chava and all those guys. And, and then they kind of regulated and it's kind of like after that, there's nobody that's really regulating it. And now look what's happened in the last 10 to yeah. 15 years over there. It's, it's out of control. It's out of control. Yeah. You know, yeah. we, were, we were just trying to protect it as long as we could. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which I think we did a pretty good job. Some people don't like the tactics that were used, but you know,
1: yeah, I I yeah, I go over there with my family and my kid and I you know we go surf VLAN and, and V land was like the one wave you could not go surf unless somebody brought you out. Like yeah. a Howley like me, yeah. you yeah. know. Well and, the thing
2: is 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 most of the Howley guys they didn't want to go past Comsot Road. Yeah. Like I lived at VLAN. For twenty years I live right at VLAN. Yeah. I tell guys, Oh yeah, come out barbecue, where do you live? Oh V Land they're like oh <laughs> and, then, and then one of my friends one time goes, you know, make, they don't like come to VLAN because they're scared. They don't like go past Comsat Road because of the, the reputation of VLAN It's the hood with coconut trees. Yeah. yeah, it was the hood, right? You know what I mean. But it, we had coconut trees. It's no different than any other hood, but yeah, you it know, was the
1: hood. Yeah, like there, you know, you had the the brick houses that you yeah. lived in, uh, yeah. and the one apartment built, you know, yeah. brick building on the on the on the end of the
0: property, and it was like no man's land. Yeah, people so people were scared. But. Were you tripping, like, when you... Because you're from Hawaii, and it's pretty mellow, island-style, right? Like, pretty mellow, and then you come over here... And, and there's it's, punk rock. And it's punk rock, it's fucking 80s, it's bright neon shit, quacks on the polka dot fucking board. Oh, dude, board.
2: It, it was comical. Yeah. It was, it was, com- it was comical. Did, did, were you but, just like, what the hell's going on over here? Um... A little bit, but I, I would go travel back and forth here enough to, to see it. But, yeah, at, at first, you know what yeah. I mean? It's like, fuck, these guys are all in the magazines and the, fuck, they're surfing this little shitty fucking wave 54th Street every fucking day. <laughs> yeah. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. fucking trying to do aerials and they're just popping up in the air. They're not making the shit, and fucking, you know? Yeah, different game. But but then I learned, right? You know what I mean? All of a sudden, I got it, my first shot, like I said, was yeah. from 54th Street on a wave this big. Yeah. But I did a snap from me to you away from a photographer and that... Yeah. There it was,
0: right? Was it Mike Moyer?
2: No, it was somebody else. But Mike Moyer, he took the shot at the wedge. Okay. And I did a couple of ads and stuff for Quicksilver. It wasn't Moyer, it was somebody else. Um, Bo- uh, What
1: was the other photographer that got a ton of In the water? There?
0: Not Peter do Not Peter no. Bollet. Bo- um.
2: I, so yeah. I know he's basically a water photographer. guy. Yeah. You know, he's standing in waist-deep water when I went by him. but Yeah. I didn't think nothing of it, right? Yeah. But then it sh- that that's when I got that first photo. Then it kind of clicked, like, okay, now I understand what he's talking about. Cause, fuck, the waves are shitty that right? day. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? But you are getting the photo, and you are getting money for the photo. Yeah. Yeah. But 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 it also taught, you know, I like to think I have a little bit of an some intelligence where I, the light went off, where I said, okay, now I see where I could do this. Yeah. You know, and then when I went home, there was. Tom Boyle and, Boyle and and a couple other photographers and it's like, hey, let's go do a trip to fucking Indonesia, let's go to Java, you know? What I mean, I got a I got a travel incentive. I'll meet my sponsors. <laughs> yeah, up. you know, we went and me Marvin Eddie and ooh, I think Buzzy was with us. We went. And we did the first uh, photo shoot for Tavero Island with Dan Merkel. No way. Uh, when they first opened up the, the the camp. Yeah. We went over there and and we. I forgot what year it was, but we 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 did an article for Tavirul, and then we got there's another. Okay, see, I told you travel fund, right? Yeah, you, you know what I mean. Oh, okay, yeah, up it up, you know what I mean. Let's go again. We'll go to G this time, and we did an article for on G and stuff like that. So, so you guys are organizing like a, a group with the photographer, and and I mean that's kind
1: of like the early days. Of hey, like, hey, yeah, photo, like well, like okay, so free so, surfing.
2: So you, you know you were a pro surfer, but you know yeah. Here here I'm going in to talk to a sponsor. Okay, now if I'm the sponsor, I'm going to go like this. Okay, you want me to give you free surfboards and this and that? What are you going to do for me? Yeah. Right, in return? It's a business, right? Definitely. What are you going to do in return? Yeah. You know, so you got to sell it. Hey, listen, if you give me the photo incentive and, and you give me a travel incentive and I don't use the travel incentive to go get photos, then you know what? You're not out of a- pocket. A- after a year, you're not out of pocket, nothing.
0: Yeah.
2: But... How many years? But if I do produce something, that, that it's also showing you, for one, yeah. that I'm out hustling for you. I'm out promoting your product, for one. For two, with the photo incentive, let's say for a two-page spread, you get 500 bucks.
4: Yeah.
2: Well, at the same time, how much is that two-page 2, two page spread in the magazine? What's that cost you to run an ad for your company? Yeah. Five grand? Yeah. And it just costs you 500 bucks? Yeah. Right? Definitely. Because your product is showing or your sticker showing on the board. You just got to save yourself 4500 bucks on, a, on an ad because every picture in a magazine is an ad. Yeah. Definitely. Right?
0: Yeah. That's the way they That's run it. Those pictures, editorial pictures are even more...
2: Powerful. Valuable.
0: Yeah. More valuable, more... Yeah, they, tell, they tell a better story than a paid ad yeah you know?
1: well yeah I mean that, right. they're, they're selling the lifestyle of yeah. like man you know you're opening this yeah. up
2: and you're in G land this, this is what's going on yeah. right you, you know what yeah, I mean there, there's a thousand and, 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 and stuff like that but if I don't, but if you're just going to give me money for a year and I'm not going to fucking do anything with it and sell your product okay now I'm not doing nothing right yeah. so I'm not worth it but if you go out and hustle and, and, and you know you're actually working right right
1: yeah so, so you're on the first, one of the first Tavaroa trips.
2: Yeah.
0: And you're hitting G-Land and the...
2: Richard I mean, Cram was with us. That's who else was with us, Richard wow, Cram. yeah, yeah that guy's a yeah.
0: man. Well, speaking of Richard Cram and Quicksilver and performers, yeah, right? Yeah. Like That that was late 70s, early 80s, or... No,
2: 30, maybe 80s, Eighty two. I got that spot, Dan, that was supposed to be, they were going to use Danny for that, and Danny gave me the break, and said, hey, Mika, why don't, we're going to use you instead, because I was like the up-and-coming guy from Hawaii, right? Yeah. So he gave me his spot on that. I think we heard that. I think yeah. someone told us that. And, yeah. And or, that's, how, that's how I got my break. Did right? you
1: just say I'm taking that spot? <laughs> no, no, no.
0: I, Clock, you can't, you can't hey, fucking charge pipe, bro. Yeah. And <laughs> he charges, did you see his... So um when you got sponsored you got photo set of travel incentive, you started traveling a lot.
2: Yeah. And Indonesia and the, the thing was is of course we all wanted to do the tour, right? Yeah, of course. And, and I had a pretty good amateur competitive thing going, but but the thing is, like Danny told me, he goes, You know, Mick, we can give you the money and you can go on tour for a year or two, but if you don't produce then it's over. He goes, but if you work with, do the photos, and and you got to understand, besides maybe like Jerry Lopez, there wasn't too, and Peter McCabe, there wasn't too many people making money off surfing lifestyle. Yeah, Yeah. it was free, free, you know, what they call free surfers nowadays, right? There was nobody really doing that. And he's like, you know, if if you just, because you're from Hawaii, and, and we want you to concentrate on surfing big waves, and then do this you know, go to Indonesia, go 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 to these different places and yeah. and shoot photos and see if you can get stuff that kind of stuff.
0: When did, did you, did you first, first go to Indo? Eighty
2: three.
0: Okay.
1: Bali, Bali G-Lan or uh, G-Land?
0: Uh, uh,
2: uh, all of it. Uh, Bali, G-Land. The first couple trips were just Bali and G-Land and then we added Desert Point to the fa- to it. Sick. You know,
0: yeah. and back then
2: there was nobody. Nobody. Going. I I got pictures. There were six huts on the beach and that was it. It was just pure jungle and it, what, it was unbelievable.
1: And and how many boards, you know, like do you bring a a bunch of boards and you know like Well, back in
2: those days you, you didn't travel 10 20 I, no, boards. No, but like, I I've three or three three. three, three. Ba- yeah. Basically I'd have three. You, you know what I mean? I after the first couple of times I went, I realized I don't really need a big board. Right? That's so, I mean. perfect. so so like the biggest board I I take around with me might be like seven oh maybe a seven two yeah just in case it got real big yeah but like even surfing ulus and stuff when when it's 10 foot ulus you still can ride a short board yeah you know
1: you're not in the deep ocean you know it's kind of more a yeah. point break you know? yeah it's a
2: point break coming off a reef so yeah. you, can, you know you're not in deep water having to paddle in like you were if you're surfing sunset or someplace like that you know what i mean yeah,
1: yeah. wow so you got some really cool like
0: editorial trips yeah and and did you set them up with magazines or photographers or
2: um well we we'd bring somebody with us Yeah, you know it's funny yeah we'd bring a photographer with and then right on like I tell my spon- different sponsors you know it's a 50-50 chance here that mm-hmm. something's going to get published but we're going to go try and do it right yeah. and a lot of times it came out so it was good and do you travel a lot with marvin all the time yeah we went all, all over the place together Marvin was into punk rock music too, so he liked he liked the cuckoo's nest and goes to Mesa. <laughs> they like coming they like coming here for summer.
1: <laughs> the summertime. So I don't
0: picture I don't think I ever see Marvin Foster in a California setting. Do you? Do you remember? I I don't. I was young. I don't
1: remember. Yeah, we had this
2: place in Hawaii three D's, this punk rock place on Kohio Avenue. That place used to go off. But yeah. yeah we'd come over here and when we came over here, we never really just sat in Newport. Yeah. Like what we noticed early on was, all oh, these guys just stay in their own little town. Yeah. You know, we'd fuck. If we had nothing to do, we'd drive down to Ensenada to buy tequila and turn around <laughs> and drive home for the day. You know what I mean? Or yeah. Something, right? You know, we'd go up and down the coast surfing all over the place. That's so freaking
1: Yeah, awesome. I trip out on that because, you know, there's 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 the locals like they're like that's my spot and i feel comfortable just you know seeing the same faces and it's like
2: well we'd get the newport guys like hey let's go to ring like, fuck we're gone you know what i mean yeah. yeah
1: that's that's the that's the way to do it you know like when you're traveling and you're here especially in california there's good waves there's good waves like yeah. you know but you just you, you, you got to hustle you got to get on the road you got to be on early. We get the, the
2: blown-out winds after, like, 10 o'clock, so you got to be... It's funny, the the last, I don't know, year, year and a half ago, when Mark Richards was over here, we're sitting at this restaurant in Huntington, and he tells me, do you surf very much anymore, Mick? And, I, and we both, at the same time, we both kind of looked out the window, and it was, like, knee-high, blown on shore. <laughs> and he looks at me and goes, I guess not. He goes, growing up in Hawaii, surfing the best waves in the world. It's, I go, yeah, it's really hard to get motivated to do this. I go, if you want to be a, a, a surfer in California, you, you don't you can't have a job, a real job.
4: Yeah. You because can.
2: you gotta travel back. You can chase swells up and down the coast, but yeah. that's what you gotta do, is you gotta chase it up and down the
1: coast, With you know? Wind and tides and angle and every there's so many variables. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: Traffic. Yeah. Fucking traffic. Parking. Fucking what's it yeah. suck. And crowd. Like like nowadays people go, Oh, do you miss uh, surfing in Hawaii? I go, you know what I do when I go to Hawaii? My mom now lives in Eva Beach, and, and I get up in the morning, because I get up early anyway, I drive out to Macaha. I go swimming. Yeah, I can pull up at the beach, don't have to pay for parking. I can get out at 6 o'clock in the morning in my shorts and go jump in the water and sk- go swimming or go surfing.
1: And that's it. Yeah. And, and, that's
2: and, and, that's, and, and that's it. And, and you can't do that in Huntington Beach, California. I'm sorry. Yeah. You can't.
1: Well, you're going to get hit by a stingray first. You know, before you No, begin. first you gotta drive down and, and pay, <laughs> for pay for parking, parking. Yeah. Right.
2: Then you gotta squeeze your ass in that wetsuit. Yeah. And you're looking at knee high waves and it's freezing and foggy and yeah. then you get the sting right, right? Uh, <laughs>
1: seriously, that the, it's it's a just a different mindset. But
2: don't get me wrong, there's good waves in California and I've surfed really good waves for in sure. California over the years and stuff like that. But Yeah, you just gotta be on it.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 And motivated. Yeah. And like wetsuits. So over the years traveling all over the world? you go to like France and...
2: Yeah, I, I, I've been to France once and Europe and I, I mostly spent a lot of time traveling in the South Pacific because me and Marvin and them, we did a trip, a couple of trips to Tahiti and then I ended up meeting a girl and getting married and so I'd spend like, for 10 years, I'd spend my summers in Tahiti. Wow. And my winters in Hawaii.
0: So are, are you
2: familiar and surfed? Chopu a lot, or I surfed Chopu ten years before you guys even heard of this place. Yeah. I lived in a little village called Mataya, which is twenty minutes from Chopu, and end of the road. There was nobody there. Yeah, there was the first time we went. Me, Ronnie, uh, Glen Jeans, Tom Boyle. It was like a boogie board. They like at first I heard it was like nobody really surfed it. Nobody surfed it. Nobody yeah. surfed it. You know they surfed big pass and and Teahuate and stuff like that, but. Nobody really surfed Chopu, and then a friend that we met in Tahiti, my friend Jean-Marie, his friends had a house out there and, and there was probably like only six or seven houses out at Chopu, and we went out there and we paddled out on a canoe, yeah you know, and there was Check nobody out. out there, yeah and then when I got married, I'd lived there and I was telling my friends from Hawaii and stuff like that, like you know, but me with my photographer problem, right. We, I did this, we did this quicksilver shoot over there and, and Tommy and Kelly all came and I said, you guys got to see this spot at the end of the road. They're like, what are you talking about? I said, okay, we, we'll go check it out but we got we can't take Hornbaker because mm. I made a promise to my Tahitian friends that we weren't going to blow this place out by shooting pictures of it. Yeah. yeah. And Horny was all mad that we wouldn't take him, but the waves were about five, six feet, you know, Chopu, right? Yeah. Perfect. And, and this is, two years later is when Eric Barton a kid from Sandy Beach yeah. got the first shot of chope and then after that, Lair, other people have seen it. But yeah. yeah. we surfed it for at least five to six years before anybody else dang, even knew about it. Wow. Yeah. that can you imagine, like, <laughs> just tripping
1: on all your Tahitian friends that are like, "What do you mean, you guys don't surf this wave? Like, it's been sitting here the whole time. Like, it must have just been like the
2: first time Marvin went to Tahiti. He didn't. They didn't even. They didn't surf it either. And then I went on this other trip to Tahiti, and I came back, and I was telling him, you guys fucking got see fuck this. And so me, Keone Watson, Sean Briley, and Marvin went over, and the first day, I, the first morning I go, I looked at Tapuna, and I went, oh, Chopu's going off. You know, Tapuna was about six feet, right? And that's the indicator. Fuck, we went out there, it was like, I don't know, 12, 15 feet. But we didn't have the equipment, and the knowledge, that, we paddled out, and sat in the channel, and watched it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just watch it blow. Just going, fuck, how are we going to get down the face of these waves? <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 Below Because you know I mean? you know this is before, you got to understand, this is before jet skis and stuff. Yeah. Nobody in Tahiti had jet skis. You know, they all had canoes and, you know. So you, that's got to be a trip to see it like five, six
0: foot and then see it at, when it becomes. Trips. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. there's
2: so much water moving around. Yeah. You know, the way Tahiti's set up with the outer reef and the lagoon on the inside when there's a big swell. Yeah. And and Tropo's all the way at the end of the island. So it's gonna be bigger than you Everywhere. know. Tapuna's over on over here right past the airport, right? Going south, right? So if it's six feet, you know it's 12, 15 feet out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've never
0: been there. I never really want to. I like you guys are crazy for I, it's
2: it's it's fuck, I can't believe all the boats and people are sitting in the thing, but but it's a place where You'd want to go out there and just sit in the channel and watch, watch it and, it. Yeah. and just yeah. and feel just the energy, blow your mind. Yeah, just blow your you're, mind at what you see.
1: it's like three thousand feet of the bluest, dark blue, tur You know, like it just bottomless. Yeah, and, 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 in and, your air, and, and here,
2: here's the thing too: is the water is so clear. Yeah. Okay, for one, it's it's sucking off the reef below sea level, so it goes like this, and it dumps down. So it's it's not a round barrel like this because it goes like this. Folds. Yeah. You know, and if you take off and you don't get, you get like two thirds down the face away, the, the bottom like trenches out from you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you just drop and. Done. You're done. Yeah. Right. So it, to, to see the water moving and stuff like that. it's. Have it you surfed it. it in those conditions? I've never towed into it. Yeah. But I've surfed it as, as big as we could paddle in, you know, eight solid, eight feet. What I call eight feet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: And it's, it's, it's a different wave. When he says 8 feet, yeah. it's 16 feet. Whoa.
2: <laughs> that's why I say, what I call 8 feet. <laughs> yeah. But
1: there's this, you know, like a 4 to 6, like, you know, 8, 10-foot faces. It's, like, really good. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. And then the next level yeah. of, of wave, it mutates. Like, yeah. I mean, that's when he's saying it, like, bottoms out and it folds and it just becomes, yeah. and it, it gets scary. Yeah. Super. It's
0: trippy to because i'm not I'm, i've never been a big wave surfer i get scared of when it's you know shut up <laughs> but we you know we talked to people about places like pipe and and chopu and and when we had julian wilson on and it was code red during the ct event right and he said it was him and i think Damien? The Hobgoods. And they were just watching in the boat for, for like... For like five hours, he said. Yeah. yeah." He just sat in the fucking... On a board, looking at it in the channel, watching people get towed in, get it, getting obliterated. Uh, some girl, right? Like, almost died. And he said he watched her face like, you know, she looked like she's going to die. Yeah. And then to sit there for five hours and then go, fuck it, can you tow me into one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'd just, be like...
2: Okay. Convince yourself not to do it after five hours. Yeah. Five
0: hours,
1: you probably would have been thinking the other thing around. Mm-hmm. I'm
0: glad I didn't do that. I'm glad I didn't go out. But yeah. He just... I mean, uh, everybody says how... He just caught that big uh, swell a week ago. Uh, did a big surf line thing. He was riding like an eight-foot board, t- uh, paddling on on some giant... Uh, yeah, see, know, it was... A hard. Break. It,
2: it, it's, it's hard... It, like surfing Chopu and and Tapuna and places like that it's hard to surf on a bigger board when the waves are big because the board doesn't fit into the curve of the wave but another thing like in Tahiti the water is so clear it's hard to see the contour of the wave when, when you're taking off and it's three foot um, deep the water, yeah. and the water's so clear it's like a three foot deep in a swimming pool. Yeah, yeah. right. So you're taking off, and it's, it's hard to actually see sometimes the sure. contour of the wave yeah. because it's all magnified the reef and everything. And you know, you're kind of looking at that, right? Yeah, you know?
1: Mag- magnified is is
2: you know.
0: Yeah, when it's that glassy and
2: and, and smooth, got and, the, and the and
0: VP of sales just knocking on the window, Mr. Mm-hmm. Mikey Riley. Yeah, Riles. Yeah. yeah, Riley. Yeah. Um. So going back to Quicksilver and how long did you were you the free surfer? Because you started
2: working for til, Quicksilver. Til, til, um I don't know about 2005? <laughs> oh, I had a I had like a I did it for like 24 years. Yeah. I had a good run. You know, I took Danny's advice. He said, hey, you know, you could do the co- competition thing. All we care about really is for you to be in Hawaii during the winter time. Yeah. And I had a pretty Respectable, I, I assume, respectable record as far as surfing in the competitions, you know what I mean? Yeah. I've been invited, I've gotten fourth in the Pipe Masters, I've won the Vulcan Pro, I've placed twice in the Pro Class Trials. You won the Vulcan Pro? Yeah, the wow. second year they had it. No way. The first year they had it at Pipe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This guy's legit yeah. over here, dude. I'm but, but, hey. but I'm more proud of my accomplishments at Sunset. Yeah. You know, I've made the finals twice in the Pro Class Trials, and that's the hardest con- to. Contest that you ever had in Hawaii. Yeah. Because that's all the locals trying to get in to the Triple Crown. You get in the top 12 of that, and you get into the Triple Crown. And I made the finals twice and got the top 12 four times.
1: To get into the pipe. And, and that
2: contest is at Sunset. Yeah. You know, and I made the semifinals at the Billabong Pro, which I surfed at Sunset and Waimea Bay in 85 or something like that.
1: Was that the one that was like 25 foot closing out the bay?
2: yeah. Yeah,
1: the, the, the billabong brought it, it, Me
2: Because it, it was a mobile event, right? It wasn't mobile until Sunset started closing out the day before. But,
1: but that's what they did. They're like, hey, we gotta, we got to move the event to finish it. Yeah. And they, they moved it to Wyoming. I
2: actually surfed the last heat of the day at Sunset. It was closing out. And I was out there on my 8-8 in the middle of nowhere. And everybody from my, I, was, I figured, okay, I'm between Sunset and Cammy Land, right? There's a ledge out there that breaks when it's that big. So you're like in front of the lifeguard tower. And Max Medeiros was in my heat, he's so funny. He's like, Mick, what you gonna do? I said, bro, I'm gonna ride my 88. I'm gonna paddle as far out as I can. I'm gonna catch that, those, that white water, and then stand up. I just come, because back in those days, you had a link to ride, right? Yeah. And I just go, ride it all the way, all the double up, all the way inside. <laughs> Look, I went out there. I, I seen the first one come, ledge up. I said, oh yeah, I'm gonna catch this thing. I turned around and started paddling for it. I grabbed my rail. And it picked me up, and I did nose-to-tail cartwheels, two of them, underwater. I was hanging onto the board, and then I got shot up. I was like, whoa, I guess I was a little too far out on that one. You right? held on to it. I a- held on. I had my legs and my arms wrapped around this 8'8 surfboard, hanging on. And, and-, when I, and I came up, and I was like, whoa, I'm going to stay inside here and catch the white water. How, right?
0: how big was the wave?
2: Well, maxed was, out sunset. It was maxed out like, sunset. Yeah. It was maxed out. And then the next and wave... eight you're right
0: eight,
1: eight.
2: Yeah. And the next wave I caught, and I, I was going left because I was like basically in the middle of the channel. There's yeah, a you ledge You got to to get back to the reef. So, so I'm riding the left, right? And I keep... And I'm riding on this just whitewater doubling up, right? And I'm going, fuck, where is everybody? Yeah. <laughs> and then right as the wave dies out, there, there's everybody seeing like outside of Val's Reef. Oh my gosh. Right? And I'm kicking out, right? I just rode the it was, it was hilarious. When Dude, I
0: you holding on to an 8-8 board doing
2: two cartwheels under, under oh, I, the Oh, I was like an arm of crab just yeah. wrapped around the board hanging on for my life. You That's the scariest, one of the scariest yeah. things I think
0: I could
2: ever imagine. Uh, I, I got blasted. Yeah. You know what I mean? I yeah. came up, I was like, whoa.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it's... And it's deep water. Well, that's so the thing. Just, at,
2: at sunset, see, at pipe, when you eat it, you, you you normally just hit the reef or you get blown out the back, right? Yeah. And, and you're not... You're in deep water. It's sunset. Yeah. You're in deep water, and what it does is it sends you down, and then it drags you yeah. for 200 yards underwater. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you're just getting pulled around and all that shit. Yeah.
1: Deep and a lot of energy. Like, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of energy
2: at pipe, like you said, but it's short and impactful. You're like... You're there, like, like what my uncle used to do with me is since he made surfboards he always had bigger boards so you know i would had not most of my friends didn't have access to a seven four you know what i mean from a six two to a seven four but i did and like he told me and and i did with all all the kids that that i helped growing the quicksilver team kids or kids from where i grew up surf sunset because they'd all come out to our house at sunset and um, I tell him, I say, Hey, bro, listen. Here, here's my other board. Paddle out, sit in the channel, and just check it out. Yeah. Watch how much water moves. Yeah. Because going from any kind of beach break, even going from pipe to sunset, it's a whole different ball game. Just ride Just paddling a big board and yeah. knowing, you know, yeah. like the body
1: get, mechanics of
2: like having a duck and, and, dive. And and, and and I go, there's no, the there's diving, no shame. Right? There's no shame in not catching a wave. But just go out there, and you, you got to feel the energy of the ocean and get comfortable. Yeah. With all that water moving, yeah, that that's the key. Well, once you're once you're comfortable with that, the surfing part's pretty easy. Yeah, riding the
0: wave, is <laughs> the easy part. Yeah,
2: twenty Any any place you surf, riding the wave's the easy part. The hard part, especially when it's bigger, yeah, you know what I mean. And when I mean bigger, I mean like, oh, like over ten feet or something. Yeah, it's getting being able to get in the position yeah. to catch it. Yeah, Did because I, for one. You're sitting there, right? And you see this set coming in and there's fucking six, eight waves stacking up. Yeah. And the wind's blowing because you're out on the outer reef and you see it feathering and it's like, okay, do I go for this one? Yeah. Or, fuck, there's four more behind it. What if I miss it? Yeah. yeah. Right? I used to love it when, when I used to surf the pro trials and stuff because, or, or tried to do part of, parts of the tour because, yeah. fuck, that's payback time for me. You know what I mean? Back in those days, it was length of ride, yeah. fucking little wiggles to the beach, bullshit. Yeah. Or let's try to get the guy on an interference, paddling interference yeah. and all that crap, right? Now you're at sunset. Fuck, you guys want to play? Let's go. Yeah. And follow it, me. Yeah. And, and I knew it, like the back of my hand. I know sunset. And I I would see the set coming, going, okay, watch this. Come on, follow me, you guys. Right? <laughs> and and i go over the first one, and the second one, I'd be paddling up the face, and I'd turn around, spin, and Go. Because I knew they were going to get cleaned up by the third and fourth oh, one. Yeah. And then I'd be kicking out in the channel. I'd be kicking out in the channel going, woohoo, oh, look, <laughs> there you are. You could see them all mocked, got drugged in, yeah. cleaned up by the set, right? Well, yeah, follow me again. But to me, I used to laugh. You're at, making my palms sweat when you're describing oh, that. That's whole so thing, great. Man. Oh, you don't know the self satisfaction after yeah. losing to these guys all over the world the in meh-high wave. fucking waves. Yeah. You yeah. know what I
0: mean? I'd, I'd,
1: I'd be out there and I'd watch like Bobby Owens or like you know Michael Ho their crew it's 10-12 foot and they have no leash yeah. they're like they yeah. don't need a leash bombs coming in and you know me along 90% of the dudes are trying to freaking bell to the channel and it, the swell just keeps chasing you down yeah. and they paddle to the back to the yeah. to the to the point yeah and
2: just it's shifting west it's unshifting. shifting west and you guys and, are and, all paddling and, yeah. right into and, and the middle uh, of it uh, and, and we're, just, we're uh, laughing uh, going ha ha fucking dummies
4: right payback
1: oh. I'm like these motherfuckers are out here with no leash, and again, just catching the perfect ones go all the way through, get spit out on the freaking bowl, then bat, pat it back out, and I'm like, okay, I, I'm learning, I'm learning what to not do, which is yeah, not
2: fucking. Yeah. Sick. And, and I mean, for, for, for me, yeah. I mean, to me, like I said, it's payback because fuck, I lost to this guy in ten times in knee-high waves yeah. doing wiggles through the beach. Yeah, you know when that back in those days, so you might know. The first time me and Marvin, we came over here to surf a contest in Huntington Beach. and um, So we ride the wave, the closeout. We do a little hit off the closeout and then just kick out. Yeah. You did not do eight whitewater turns? And, and then you see those other guys doing the Huntington hop <laughs> yeah. and wiggling to the beach. And I came in and I lost. I'm like, how the fuck did I lose to these guys, right? <laughs> and then I'm watching them. Marvin's out in his heat and he's doing the same thing I was doing, yeah. right? Killing it for like three turns and then the closeout. Yeah. But then you got... Ted Robinson or whatever those kind of guys yeah. that were surfing in those days yeah. and, and they're doing that NSSA all run, the way Huntington Hop length right? of ride length of ride all the way to the dry sand and they're fucking winning we're like that ain't yeah. surfing yeah that's not and so uh, along in my competitive career I was like fuck that I refuse to wiggle to the beach because that's not surfing that's not how I was brought up yeah. Yeah. I'll sit outside I'll get my you know back in those days it was like three wave right yeah and if I get them, I get them. And I'll, I'll do good. If I don't get them, fuck it. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I'm not going to sweat it because I'm a, not going to do that.
1: It's a different mindset. And like you said, they're like, you, you know, you watch them in old footage. And whether it's Barton or Aki or Curran. Yeah. Or or Curran. H- H- and they're, you know, the waves finish and they're still just... One whitewater turn, two whitewater,
2: you know, like and they're but the worst is when they started doing (laughs) the hop and just the wiggle and the hop and just to get the like the the extra ten yards of whitewater that's knee high. Watching old contest
0: videos and like of like Japan or yeah Huntington like sloppy shitty one to two foot surf, the guy one of the guys that would trip me out because you know he's such a charger, Tom Carroll. Oh, yeah. Like how gnarly he is in small waves. Yeah. Like, talk about wiggling.
2: Well, oh, he's a. Per- but he. The- yeah. <laughs> but but he Tommy's sh- only this tall, yeah. too. Right? <laughs> Tommy's my good friend. Yeah. And,
0: and, you know. But the way he would fucking milk a wave. Yeah. Oh, time world the champion. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, I. But yeah. he you know, go out and pipe and fucking be- do big yeah. little snaps under the lip. Yeah. But then in small, shitty surf, you're like, what the fuck? Like, you know, didn't he win? away pool Contest? Yeah. Out in
1: town,
2: Pennsylvania. The guy, yeah. Yeah. the
0: guy won everything. The guy was
2: a yeah. freaking I, machine. I,
1: I, yeah. So, so Hawaii, yeah. like, you know, you got the Triple Crown and you got the Eddie. And Eddie's, like, you know, invite only. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's, you know, it's really prestigious. Like, because it doesn't run every year. Like, what was, like, the how to get, like, how did they pick the, the, the cast to get into that? Like, who... You know, do you have to... The,
2: the, the fir, well, it, they do it differently now. But the first, Eddie, it was it was a bunch of us from Quicksilver. It's like, okay, who do we invite? Yeah. For, Sponsor for, for, of- for instance, nobody at Quicksilver or anything, they didn't know who Derek Doner was. They didn't know who Roger Erickson was. Wow. I was the one that told them, because I used to surf Waimea. I was yeah. fortunate enough to hang out with Flippy Hoffman, who surfed Waimea Bay, Marty Hoffman's father, yeah. right? one of the original guys that surfed the bay. So I knew, and and he always had big boards for me and Marty to ride when Marty had come over, and we'd surf Waimea Bay. And back in those days, there wasn't that many guys in our generation that were actually surfing Waimea Bay and and Big Sunset and stuff because at that mindset in the early 80s, everything was that competitive surfing deal. Everybody wanted to be on the, the IPS or the ASP tour and surf. So hot dog surfing was like the big thing. That was it. And then with when they came up with the idea of having the Eddie, I was the Quicksilver team manager in Hawaii and stuff. And it's like, okay, well, we're going to do it. We're going to invite the guys, and we're going to invite the guys that got invited by their reputation for surfing Waimea Bay. Yeah. Because Waimea Bay was the pinnacle of big wave surfing. There was no big wave tour. There was no all no. these other spots. Everybody was surfing. There was Waimea Bay. That's it. So that's, that's how like Derek Doner, he was a lifeguard at Waimea Bay and Sunset. And I knew he, and Roger Erickson, that's all they surf was Sunset. Yeah. So I put their names in and said, these guys gotta be in the contest. These are the guys you want, you know? And, and then of course they had their certain pros and this and that, but that, the first few years of the Eddie I Cal, that's what it was. Your reputation for surfing Waimea Bay. And what we did was we said, and we'll give two young guns a chance. And that was Aaron. The first one was Aaron Napoleon and Brock Brock Little.
1: Wow! Is and that, the that year, Brock pulled that in the Barrel. Actually, I that, think that's
2: the second one. Second, second one. but the first year, yeah, he, he surfed really good in it too. Yeah, you know, and so did Aaron. But that was the deal. We gave two young young guns a chance. So cool. Yeah, yeah.
1: Because so that that event was just like you know, I, it, as anybody that likes watching, you know, like any contest, like that. That one is like. Holy crap! This is this is unlike any other contest that
0: there ever was. Yeah. like it was the Stric- Eddie Ical Invitational was.
1: Yeah.
2: Still is. You know, you when look at whatever, the the first know. two Eddies that they had. Yeah. Right. And then the last Eddie they had, and and you know, the last one was definitely the best, the biggest, and, and probably the best. Yeah. But it, you know, it took us what 31, 32 years to. Get it that good, but the first two were actually really exceptionally good contests too. Yeah. Because part of the reason is because nobody ever seen it before. Be besides the, the what the seventy four Smirnoff. Yeah. You know what I mean, and but this was proper. They had the Smirnoff because that it was the only place to surf right yeah. at that time. But I mean, this was considered the first big wave contest. Just like Quicksilver did the G Land contest. That was the when Bruce Raymond came up with the idea to have the very first G-Land contest, well, that was the start of the dream tour. Definitely. Mm. Where they learned that, you know what? We can go to someplace exotic to a quality wave. Because before, and you know this, if you had the money to put on a contest, like Najima Japan or, or Marui, you know, from Japan, okay, well, fuck, I want the contest to be in Japan in my home break. Yeah. You know what I mean? No matter what the waves look like. ASP rules was 18 inch high and the contest was on. Yeah. Right?
1: I think even smaller sometimes they let it slide. Just, yeah. To, you the know. Play time in Florida, they had yeah. the
2: boats going back and forth to make waves. <laughs> yeah. I but think sp- Tommy won that one too. Yeah. But, the, but <laughs> the
1: sponsors, yeah, they want it to where they're going to maximize, you know, like where people, people their they're, they're, viewers, yeah. Which is yeah. mostly
2: at crappy beach breaks because exotic yeah. places you're. And, and then Bruce Raymond came up, came up with the idea of let's have a dream tour, let's have it at G Land. Yeah. You know, and it was a fucking big success, and that was the start of the Dream Tour. Yeah. Now it's like, yeah, Jay Bay and Tavarua, and all of them. Gland you know, didn't
1: produce this year. I, I mean,
2: I mean, the surfing history would definitely be a lot different. Yeah, if if it was like that. Yeah, About through the '80s and the '90s, yeah, you'd have a whole bunch of different. Pl- when yeah. I was growing up in Hawaii, when we did have amateur contests at like Chuns Hall or something like that, you know, it was on the weekends, and fuck, they waited for waves. Yeah. Sometimes you, you know what I mean? You'd have to go back and forth four or five weekends in a row before they even have the contest because the waves were shitty. Yeah. So they wouldn't have the contest. Yeah. yeah. That's the way it kind this, of This be. is in the 70s. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mid 70s. That's how it used to be.
1: Yeah. I mean, and, and even watching the events, you know, the, the WSL now, yeah, you know, they get 10 days, 12 day waiting periods and still get skunked sometimes, yeah. you know? Like it's, that last
0: g such a bummer.
1: Such it, a, it,
2: it, it could, because W WSL's a production company. They're yeah. not, yeah. you
1: know
0: what I mean? Yeah. They could have scored if
1: they just. I work for Quicksilver, right?
2: Yeah. Uh, you know, I've heard comments and I've heard the, the day after the contest, midday, there's the swell. The swell started pumping. The oh, yeah. second day after the contest, waves were pumping and that's what they wanted. That's what it's supposed to be. Yeah, you know, I heard interviews from different surfers that they were complaining because they were out in the jungle and they were stuck with everybody else and there was nothing to do and acting like prima donnas. Fuck, man, you're at G Land. What are you yeah. fucking talking about? Yeah, I wish you know, they had
0: a little flexibility. I know you have a window. They had the waves are
2: pumping before. Yeah, the, and then the no. the reason the reason the first two years or three years Quicksilver put on that G Land contest, it was such a success. I'm telling you. There was one day, because I did the water patrol for the very first G-Lan contest. That was my job, water patrol. It was five feet, four to five feet, what I call four to five feet. Yeah. In perfect G-Lan. Yeah. What the fuck? GT! What the fuck? Episode... Here comes the F-bomber.
1: Episode
2: 58 and 59. He's got got more F-bombers than me? Yeah. At well, at guy. least you got, finally got somebody worth talking to. We got Shit. GT yeah. in the house. Yeah. How are you guys doing? I with yeah. Good doing? to see you, mate. Good to see you.
0: Well, what's up, you bro? know what's funny is Are you ready for episode three? Oh, yeah. We- <laughs> yeah 12 more hours of that crap. <laughs> Well, I figure Mickey
2: Harbor bombed my episode Rightfully so Oh, yeah, that's, that's right Well, I didn't know it, okay Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. I, 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 guilty, I knew that Guilty, guilty Yeah, what are you hey, doing? What's this? Right? show? Just let
0: us see
1: Wait, gummies?
2: You guys got some gummies? Yeah Those yeah. are mine, man yeah. Yeah. Oh, my shit alone. So I'm going to shoot a little What do you, oh, yeah. do you oh, need? We're yeah. bro Yeah You're good, GT Everybody good? Well, I'm feeling good Yeah I'm going to get my knee done But don't more motorcycles events Exactly Oh, God, Born Free Did you go to Born Free? I did I thought 18. We're hanging out. What the hell? Fuck, I'm not, I'm gonna smoke go some biker to... butt shit. That's why I don't go to Born Free. <laughs> I know, right?
0: What are we gonna ride? Some of these boards in here, or yeah.
1: dude. That one. I want that shroff right there what for Bud's mean? mom's eight event Oh, oh that would
0: be fun. But come on, lightning bolt right there. I want. I like I want to see you ride the Almeric uh, Kelly Slater, dude. The glass. Those didn't work when chip. they were. Those
2: didn't never work for me when they were. <laughs> yeah, my tits are big. Like nobody float my tits. <laughs> like even when I was fit. Jesus. But you guys good? Yeah, good. Good. I heard you guys were lurking about, but more importantly, fucking legend right there, Mickey Yeah. Stop it, GT. All right, see you guys in a bit. Hey. All right. I love But back to what I was saying was the first time we had it, it was like four to five feet perfect G land but we knew that a ten foot swell was coming. Yeah. And so we told the competitors, hey, you guys want to wait an extra day or two? And they said, yeah, let's have a lay day if if it's going to be fucking pumping. Yeah. And we waited. And that's why, if you look at that very first G-Lan contest, the waves were just firing the whole time. And, and, and Kelly
0: won, and... Booth got Jeff second. Boothie got second, yeah. yeah.
2: But that Booth. was the start of the Dream Tour, and that's and the reason it was so good is we waited those extra couple of days. Yeah. And yeah. I, I strongly think that's what the WSO should have done this yeah. time, you know?
0: Um, it, shout out to Jeff Booth. He just had a birthday. Yeah, Boothie. Boothy. Yeah, you yeah. will fart. And Boothie actually gave me the nickname Chalky. So.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah?
0: Yeah, we like him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Have
2: you guys ever seen Boothie get mad? Not really. Let's hear it. <laughs> I want to hear it. Is, is, oh, you know what? The Pipe Masters contest. Him, Liam, and Sonny was all in the heat, and Sonny got hurt and went to the hospital, and they're like, oh, let's just go in and, in in the finals right there and see who won, right? And Liam didn't want to, and Boothie. Liam and Boothie got into it, and then Liam was, some guys were crank calling Boothie's house, going, oh, Liam's said this and that, and all this other kind of shit, so, and and he had mentioned a couple of people's names that were going to get Booth, right? So, I went and got Booth, and those two people that he had mentioned, and we went over to Liam's house. And <laughs> Saddle was scored? Uh, well, well, we told him straight, Jeff told me straight up, he goes, hey, Mickey, you know, I'm not a fighter, but you know what? I'll, I'll, I'm not scared of that guy. I'll fight him one-on-one right now.
1: Yeah, so just I, one I want a fair.
2: want somebody we there went, in my corner. We went over to the house. My two friends stood on the side. I called Liam out. I said, hey, bro, you know what? Fuck this Oh, we're going to get you later thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're going to settle we're, it. We're going to settle this thing right now. You know, you calling so-and-so and so-and-so. Look, they're right here. And they came around. Uh, What's up, Liam? Yeah. You know what I mean? They go, dude, you're either going to fight Booth right now or we're going to squash this thing. It's, it's
0: crazy how there's it's like tribal war right like tribal mentality but it's also very
2: cordial you know what
0: i mean like contest no no
2: well you know you know my whole the scuffles uh, uh, my whole uh, attitude about uh, those scuffles and shit like that it's like okay you got a me and you got a problem okay let's go over here and settle it yeah you know what i mean yeah. You're no, gonna no, knock me out. No back and I'm forth gonna, bullshit. And you're, yeah. or I'm gonna knock you out. If I knock you out, hey bro, I'm gonna fucking pick you up. I'm gonna hand you a fucking beer and say, hey, we good? Yeah. yeah. And we're gonna shake hands yeah. and that's it. Yeah. It only asks. You I'm not gonna hold it's... a fucking grudge, and you know? I'm not gonna go call my brother's cousins, sisters, yeah. uncle, for come back me up, and and yeah. all this other bullshit. You know what I mean? Settle it and let the vibes. Because. Be good. Good. Yeah. 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 As you soon know?
1: as it goes to third person and fourth person, and you get this little yeah. circle jerk around. Then you don't know what's being said
2: and what's not. Yeah, it just gets it's worse. It's and just like hey you know even when yeah. when I, when I fuck me, fucks up. When I moved over here I was surfing Huntington, guys giving me shit. Oh yes and that. I thought okay, so what do you want to do about it? <laughs> fuck are you gonna sit here and yap all fucking day or, or you wanna go on the beach and we'll just squash it. Yeah. And, and, then and maybe then we'll done. be friends. Hey, fuck, I've gotten my ass beat before. You know what I mean? It it wouldn't be the first time, it probably won't be the last. Yeah. You know what I mean? But when it's over, it's over. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Old school right I kind of like that, kind of old school.
1: Right I, here. I really like that. Yeah, I mean, I mean. So you you're just going going to fighting like being a howley and coming over here as a young kid? Did you have to scrap at school a lot? And oh, all the time, all the time, all the time. Big, and you, but I learned a long
2: time ago. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? In, in Hawaii, they call it false crack, right? You know what yeah. I mean? So you get a, a group of guys, and it's usually the small guy at a group. That's gonna come up and fucking act up to you,
4: yeah,
2: right. And then the, the other guy's gonna come from the side. He's gonna false crack you when you're yeah. not looking, right? The last thing they expected—now this is in the '60s and '70s—the last thing they expected was the fucking holly guy to false crack them first. Yeah, you <laughs> know, know what I mean. It's false
0: crack. crack is that sucker punch. Yeah, just fucking yeah. walk like up and for, punch you, the guy. Yeah, there, right? yeah, you, you don't right. wait for that. I'm not waiting for that guy to
2: push me or punch me. I'm yeah. gonna punch him first because yeah. I already know he's coming it's up coming, to fucking yeah. fight, right? And and and. 75, 80% of the time, you've already won.
0: Yeah.
2: Because he didn't expect, he wasn't expecting that, right? Yeah. So when you hit him the first time, he, and then you just get on top of him and don't stop, you know what yeah. I mean? And then that, when you're done, you go, go tell your uncles, brothers, cousins, sisters that the holy guy just went kick your ass. <laughs> 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 and, 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 you know, it's, it's, I've been down the beach where, where local guys want to fight me and they don't know that all the, the other three local guys standing there are my friends. Yeah. And my friends will go. Oh, what, bro? You guys like beef the Hawali guy? They're like, Oh yeah, bro. Oh yeah, bro. And they go, Okay, but before you beef him, you gotta beef fast, cause this guy's more local than you fuckers. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know what I mean? And yeah, growing up in Hawaii, there was a lot of that. Yeah. Especially in the seventies and stuff like that. It was. So. You got really
0: lucky, meeting Quak and kind of <laughs> setting the tone. But yes, you were gonna very do, lucky. I mean, in, very in fortunate, life, very grateful. Right? Like, well, yes, because you you were like going to be you you're a free surfer pretty much from the start. Yeah, and then over the years, you were kind of put on payroll to run Hawaii, team like.
2: Yeah, they just gave me a couple extra bucks to put together the team. You know what I mean? Yeah. For, first, it was he taught me about the photo incentives. Then he taught me about doing the promotional work. Right. And then, then, I, you know, of course, I'm going, hey, Danny, at the end of the year, hey, Danny, I want some more money. He's like, well, you know, you, you did this, you did that, but you, what you really need now, Mickey, is you need some more contest results. And this is like an 85 or 86, and I went out and got like six overall in the Triple Crown. I made this equal fifth at the Billabong Pro, the Pro Trials, I made the finals, and I got fourth in the Pipe Masters. That's huge. So... And then I went back and said, "Okay, now what, Danny?" <laughs> yeah. Every every I've <laughs> over it's the last three or four years, I've I've jumped every, every hurdle you put in front of me. Yeah. You know, and and that's when Bruce Raymond told Danny, "Brother, he's done everything you've asked. Bruce is the president <laughs> of Quicksilver, and he's going. He's done everything you've asked of him. You know what I mean?" Yeah. And, and Danny goes, like did." And, and and Danny told me at the time, he goes, "You know what, Mick? Okay, I could give you the big bucks." But what happens if you don't produce next year and the year after? Then the big bucks is gone and then where are you at? Or I could give you t- 25, 30% of what you want and we can just keep going how we're doing it and, and, you know, it could last 10 years. Yeah. You know? And and I took the the latter. Yeah. And 24 years later, I was at, I was still getting paid for Quicksilver to go surfing. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. I mean, but, you know, you're running the Hawaii team and helping yeah. out yeah you're helping out if quicksilver sending over athletes from Oh under, my, under my job was to keep
2: them keep them safe like or you know basically i could get Uncle. you anything and everything you wanted yeah if it was you know you got in a problem like booth and a few other guys gotten problems i squashed those problems yeah i helped out with the eddie Ical. you know i made sure everybody showed up to do the promos yeah okay you guys want to party we can party too yeah y- y- you know what i mean yeah and everything in between. Yeah. You pretty I mean, much help
0: run Quicksilver, team management and handling. Well, just
2: well, it, it just what well, you got to understand something too. See, back in those days, you didn't go to Hawaii for ten days or, or two weeks for, Or what do they call it, uh, fucking vacation? Twelve days on the North Shore, or whatever, when they have all their contests. Yeah. You went to Hawaii and you stayed for three, four months. Yeah. You know, Gary Elkerton and those guys. They, they know they would come, and 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 Aki too. You know what I mean? Aki stayed one whole year with us in Hawaii. And he wasn't even with Quicksilver, but he just liked staying with us. Yeah. yeah. Right? You, you know what I mean? But the, the, the surfers that came, you stayed. And and you, and you met, like me, I take those guys and I introduce them to the boys that don't surf and don't give a shit about surfing. They're real Hawaiians. They're living in Hawaii and they're real Hawaiians. And they don't give a fuck if you're a famous surfer. Yeah. You know what I mean? They think it's cool. They, they're burning one joint and drinking one beer with you, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Talking stories, talking and just, story, and, and, yeah. and just living life. They're yeah. they're pig hunters. Yeah. Or motocross riders. They don't even go. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: And, and, and that's the beauty of like being infused and having somebody looking after you and introducing you yeah. to that. You know, versus being in you know some house that you're, you know,
2: vacation rental yeah. house that you you're protected because you got security around the house and yeah. and all you do is go surf the contest. When the contest is over, you yeah. leave.
1: But like going back yeah. to like that era. Like Quicksilver dominated Hawaii. Yeah, you know. Oh, like, we, 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 yeah, like by far. He ran the show. Like, by far, yeah. yeah. Quicksilver, you know, like they had the house at like Pipe. They had that. Well, sun- before the, the, house, the house at what pa- the,
2: the, the, well, we did the performers. What we did is remember the, now it's called I think the Keiki Bungalows, mm. right? Oh, yeah, I've stayed there. Okay, it was Keiki Holly back then. Holly. Yeah. Okay, that and was it. we rented the whole thing for the Quicksilver team when we did like yeah. the performers, and that was the first time, like a clothing car, co- anybody for that fact had their whole international team staying in one place. So everybody could get to know everybody. Yeah. And I lived at Sunset Point right in front of Boneyards at Backyards where the big yard is. And like we'd have barbecues and we'd have little surf contests just for the Quicksilver guys to come yeah. out for the day and have the contests at like Backyards. All for fun. So everybody could get to, you know, Ross Clark Jones, Tommy Carroll, Kong, Chappie, yeah. and all the Hawaii guys. Yeah. And all the Groms. For instance, Reynolds Hayes. Reynolds Hayes. Okay, let me tell you a story about Reynolds Hayes. He was this little, I don't know, 15-year-old kid living around the corner from me at sunset. And he'd hang out in our yard. And, you know, he was a good little surfer. And he's, hey, Mick, we're having one of those barbecue surf contests. I told him, bro, you want to get on the team? Come over here. Everybody's going to be here from around the world. This is your chance. Wow, I stay on restriction, man. My mom got me on restriction. (laughs) I said, Reynolds, I'm telling you.
1: This is the day you want to be
2: here. And Reynolds showed up. And we put him on the team, and you know, look at look at Reynolds now.
0: Buckingham
1: He's one
2: awesome. of the best coaches in the fucking business. Yep.
0: Yeah, yeah, You know what I mean? He was a great human.
1: Yeah, great human being. Great yeah. human being.
2: All know? smiles and just. And and he had so his dark. Smooth. He had his moments of dark side, but lucky enough, he he was young enough. Yeah. And and he was smart enough that he realized it, and he, and he got out of it and changed his life around before anybody even knew what was going on, yeah. really, and. It, it is what it is. You know, look at him today. He's a fantastic human being.
0: Um, yeah. I trip out because when when I think of Mickey Nielsen, and I think, you know, you, you can't say Mickey Nielsen without Marvin Foster. Yeah. thinking about Marvin Foster too. Yeah. And you guys were like thick as thieves, right?
2: Well, like I said, we, we've known each other since we first met each other. We were probably 12, 13 years old and stuff like that. And then we both got sponsored by Quicksilver and we both kind of have that same kind of mentality along with Taz, who was writing for Quicksilver, too. So there was... And then Ronnie, but, um... Ronnie went to Billabong, but, I mean, Taz got killed by the cops. And so it was like me and Marvin, and, yeah, we just... We were friends.
0: Yeah. But you guys were, like, running shit and enforcers, right?
2: Well, I don't know what you mean by enforcers, but, I, yeah, we did stuff that we probably shouldn't have done or yeah <laughs> you know we, we 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 put in our work yeah yeah, yeah. obviously you know yeah. what i mean
0: that, but it's crazy because when when i say that i don't i think it's part of the allure of what your your like reputation is right for sure but oh. you're also a fucking uncle too you know you've been an uncle for so many people yeah. over the years
2: but, yeah, but when they first start calling you uncle, you're like, wait, what the fuck, what are you <laughs> <have> talking <to do?" laughs> well, about? It's like, I'll still knock you out, you fucker, know? yeah. you, you, you know what I mean? Then, yeah. then you got to realize that, oh, they're doing it out of respect. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? For sure. But there is there is always this, like, as I was a young kid, it was like, Mickey and Marvin, they are not. nothing those pick guys. guys. They'll pick you up at the airport if Danny or, or you know, Wooly we'll, you know, one of the guys yeah. say to come they're gonna come pick you up and make sure you get to the house or whatever. And then there's the Mickey and Marvin that would just go throw a couple cracks down if you weren't behaving, you know? Oh, like, yeah, yeah. I like, mean ask Strider. Like
2: Strider knows more than anybody. But but the, <laughs> but, but, I mean? but that
1: was the allure like Lyndon was saying, is like, you know, here you guys are your your, your ambassadors to like you know Quicksilver Quicksilver, right? your your things, but like you're also the enforcers on the yeah. other side. If like people were getting disrespectful or out well, of whack, or yeah. I'm still that
2: that well, <laughs> I'm not as bad as I used to be. But I mean, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't take shit from you. Know what I mean? Yeah. And it's
1: yeah. <laughs> There's a yeah. There's
2: some mind-altering things going on too at the same time. But yeah, we, we I mean, yeah. nowadays, it's like but, I, I see guys like how team kids and, and stuff like that and the stuff they get.
4: Yeah.
2: One thing is this is, see, this is funny about me and Marvin, because, you know, I never really looked at myself as a surf star. I You know what I mean? I had had a hard time kind of dealing with it, actually. I was just one of the boys that was fortunate enough to be able to make a living off of surfing and stuff like that. And, yeah. you know, I would be, I am would much more be... Respected by my friends that I grew up with, and you know what I mean. I don't care, because I see so many guys in in this world like get fame and start believing the fame, and and then you know, I still go down to Sandy Beach, and my friends from elementary school are still there to this day. It's crazy, and I go down there every time I go back to Hawaii, and I hang out at Sandy Beach in the parking lot with the boys, and those are my friends. That's it. You know what I mean yeah. i I'm the kind of guy that if you're my friend hey you my friend
4: yeah
2: I don't care I I know guys that are in prison for murder my friends that I grew up with my other friend's a prosecuting attorney you know what I mean married to a judge yeah. it's you know you guys is all my they're still my friends yeah and, and and being accepted by them means more to me than anything else any fame fortune glory whatever you want to call it yeah, yeah. you know what I mean is I'm just one of the boys that was lucky
1: yeah, I, I mean that's what we feel, and that I mean that's why we we love to you know do this podcast and talk to people because it's like you know you, you're you know you're a
0: historical part of surfing history for sure, but just you the, the, the like, fact
1: that like what has surfing has done for us and what it's done
2: for you and it's carved a life. I'm a good example of a bad example that's now a good example. <laughs> okay? you know? because see when we when well when the whole surfing thing started and um. There were no fucking rules. Yeah, you know what I mean. We were just doing what we did, and yeah. you fucking so Danny used to call us up going, "What do you mean you guys got arrested again? What the fuck did you guys do this time? <laughs> you, you know, you're supposed to be acting professional." We're like, "Oh, well, you never told us that. Yeah. Well, you, you didn't tell us we couldn't do that." Yeah. So and, and then so, when I became the team captain, it's like, okay, now I knew some rules, right? If, if you know what I mean. And but you're also the go-to for like a
1: lot of these kind of foreign surfers that were coming over and people were like, hey, we, you know, like, you're the, you're the guy, the go-to, you know? <laughs> and it, you know, I, a lot of people probably put you in some situations that, you know, you're kind of like...
2: Yeah, know, I've, I've been, yeah.
1: You know, like, Mickey, I you know, like, we know people like to party, you know? And if, like, you know, the Australians are coming over or the mainland's from Cali or oh, so-and-so, yeah. they all wanna like come. I said, like I
2: said, I can get you anything you want.
1: Anything you want, like, and, and you know what I mean? You're the facilitator on yeah, a lot of that. A and lot of it. So you're <laughs> a you're, lot of you're also there. You know, you're 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 doing them a good deed, but also sometimes that like also put you in probably shitty circumstances that you're like,
2: I should you know like. I made a shitload of money off the fucking professional. I was in the last 20, 30 years. Yeah, you because know what I mean? for sure. Not that I'm going to mention any names, but. I'm... I mean, multiple but, world champions and everything else. Yeah, we, I party with them all. Yeah. And, he, that,
1: yeah, and, he, that, and,
2: and everybody, you know, knows that. But that. Again, that's like kind of the
1: yeah. the behind the scenes thing that we all are a part of with, you know, being in the industry. And it's kind of like known as, you know, like yeah. people party, you know, yeah. and in the North Shore. Well, uh, uh,
2: back, at, back in the 70s and early 80s, I want to say people didn't know the effects that some of these drugs had on people. Yeah. As, as they know nowadays. And it was way more accepted back then than it is nowadays. Yeah. it's more professional now, and everybody's concentrated on being like athletes for sure. Or more professional, yeah. But like, like for for instance, the, one year they had the uh, opening fucking meeting for the Pipe Masters. Yeah. they had these guys from ABC Sports come, <laughs> and then the the meeting was at some hotel in Waikiki, and me and Junior Moipono was was there and. We run into the, the the camera guys, right? And they're like, hey, Mick, well, you, you guys know, oh, yeah, we know all the guys that on. every fucking bar in this town, right? Yeah. Strip club or whatever. And so they wanted to go on a little fucking tour that night. So we did. And we showed up at the right of way at Pipe about 5.30 in the morning. And Jerry was taking out the trash, right? And he came up to me and he goes, Mick, what are you doing? I go, what do you mean? Do you, you know what I mean? fucking brothers wanted to go to town we met him in town The brothers wanted to party we fucking took him around town he goes yeah but you got to understand something mickey this is the camera guys and if they have the contest today that means they got to stand in that hot sun all day long and try to work and you know they're all fucked up now yeah i didn't think about it at the time yeah but he was right you you know what i mean yeah. yeah, Lucky enough, lucky enough, the contest was canceled that day. Yeah, they, they didn't have to work, so they had the day to sleep it off. But you know, I thought about that. You know, things like that click yeah. click in my mind. I'm like, fuck, I didn't even think about that. Oh, you. Yeah. you know?
0: Yeah. Quicksilver, right? Uh huh. The motto: If you can't, can't rock, rock and roll, and roll fucking, don't come. fucking come. <laughs> That's right, baby. That's it. You know what I mean? And, and
2: that was our fucking. That was our theme song, yeah. right? <laughs> you know, that was it. You, you know what I mean? And, 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 and that's how we rolled. You it's know? like, hey, bro, be careful what you ask for. You know, I, I hate to say it, but, you know, half of my friends, wives and girlfriends, they used to hate me. And I go, hey, listen, I didn't tell them to come stay at my house for three days. Yeah. You know what I mean? Guys, oh, hey, you want to party? Oh, you want to party? Here, let me show you. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a bag. Yeah, you want to party? Let's party. Yeah.
1: Right? But, well, you know, like in the early, you know, in the early days, you know, you knew what you're getting. You know, you're getting like. Straight coke or weed or whatever, and then it like then all kinds of other drugs that you didn't know how were going to affect people and what yeah. it was going to do, and it just I mean there was a still to this day you
0: know there's it, I mean you, yeah. oh, it's just it's, and we're not trying to glamorize no that shit. no not at all you no know, not, but it's, neither it's, am I it's a fact of life it's yeah a, and what ha-
1: happened you know when you're you know say in the seventies when you're partying it was kind of accepted. It was more of a social thing and we yeah. didn't have to hide it and it was kind of like everybody's just having fun, you know, yeah. and then it got to like, you know, the 80s and it was a little bit more professional but yet, you know, people are still doing it. It, was it just wasn't highlighted yeah. in the 90s and then It got the more, 90s, a little more
2: professional in the 90s.
1: But, but, uh, <laughs> but the, not professional but there was now 10 other drugs on the scene yeah. that were, you know, you're, you're just not sleeping off the afternoon and then, you know, like, yeah. you're fucked like you know yeah. like, and you've probably seen a lot of people that shouldn't have gone down that route because of some, oh I've
2: seen so many fucking like, pe- like people you wouldn't even fucking believe yeah
1: you know it's just the era of what the progression of drugs is what I'm saying you know like yeah. it's just like you know well, harmless that, kind of fun you know social drugs to you think this is going to be okay and then you're fucked
2: well that, 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 that's that's like every addict right at first he's just social doing it socially yeah. oh, I'll just do it on the weekends and it's like, oh, I'll just do a little bump in the morning before I wake myself up before I go to work. Yeah. And next thing you know, he's doing fucking lines every hour, right? Yeah. yeah. You know what I, I mean? mean? I watch
1: friends with Oxy. They did the same thing. Like, oh, I'm just doing like one pill and then like, you know, or, they're, or, they're or doing a handful. Or how's this?
2: Like, guys would come for, oh, can you get me Coke? Or oh, nobody does Coke anymore. Everybody's smoking meth, oh. right? And then you got the Oxy guys that are telling you, oh, you guys are smoking fucking meth. That stuff is no good for you. But And they're eating Oxys. Yeah. Right? And that's okay because it's a peel form. So th- th- this yeah. is in the beginning of the, the whole yeah. oxy epidemic yeah. in the 90s, right? Yeah. Everybody's eating oxys and they're going, oh, you guys are doing that fucking drugs and this and that. Oh, look at you fucking in the corner, knotted out for yeah. Yeah. right in the middle for of something, sure. right? You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just, now, now it's evolved into heroin and fentanyl. And, and yeah. I just had a friend pass away this last week. Yeah. Fentanyl overdose. You yeah. know what I mean? And,
1: and a lot of it isn't because... They they're probably taking, you know, some massive amounts or they're, they're, you know, they wanted to off themselves, you know? like yeah. A lot of it's it's because it's by accident. It's in the product. Well,
2: and a lot of it, too, I strongly believe this, that as surfers, yeah motocross riders, surfers, whatever, we're adrenaline junkies. Definitely. Okay? And, and, and you know, here, me, an example. Okay? I'm older in life now. I've got fucking years of injuries and and I'm looking for something to fucking replace that adrenaline rush. Yeah. You know what I mean. You're at the end of your career or whatever, and mm-hmm. and 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 the drugs give you that. Yeah. And they get hooked up in the in, into the drugs and everything yeah. else.
1: It was just a pain to take yeah. a little pain away. It was just to like you know get my mindset you know rough transition and yeah yeah whatever your yeah. excuse is yeah. you can come a up with hope. I can yeah. give you a
2: fucking excuses a mile fucking long. It could be anything. Yeah. It, an, an addict, it's going to turn into an excuse. Everything's an excuse. Yeah. Right? It's never your fault. Yeah. It's never your decision. There's an excuse is why you do it. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And it's all bullshit. For sure. It's straight bullshit. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's bad news. And I mean, I had a blessing in disguise when I got arrested. Yeah. You know what I mean? For drug trafficking. Yeah. Right? And I went to prison for seven years. But when I got, when I, it's funny because when I did get arrested and go to prison, within an hour of being in the Honolulu detention center, federal detention center, oh, there's my friends. Hey, yeah. Nick, you want to get high? And I made a conscious decision that, no, I'm done with it. I ran it till the fucking wheels fell off. I did it for 40 fucking years and had the fucking time of my life, yeah. but it's over. That's it. Right? Wake so, up. And after being in prison for seven years, I made my parents a promise I'd never do it again because I realized that, you know what? I didn't have, it wasn't hard for me to do the time. Yeah. It was way harder on them. You realize that the only people, the only everybody. people that affected, gets affected by it, is the people that love you yeah. and really care. You're real friends. Yeah, you know. And you don't see
1: that because you're, you know, you're, in, your well, blinders on. You're like, yeah, you, you know, when, when
2: you're fucking high and this, and that, you know, I had guys going, "Meek, you got to slow down. You, they're gonna catch you pretty soon." Ah, fuck! I don't give a shit. You guys only know half of what I'm really doing. Yeah, what you were know, you I mean, doing? I was uh, trafficking in methamphetamine. That's, I mean, is Pounds. It, yeah. <laughs> it's bad. You know what I mean? So. Is that in in Hawaii or all over or? No, my deal was I was come to California, get it in California, take it back to Hawaii. I have done other things in other places. Yeah. You know what I mean? But with the meth, it was, I would take it, I would get it to Hawaii.
0: Yeah.
2: That and, was my deal.
0: And you finally got busted.
2: And I got busted. Somebody yeah. ratted me out and I got busted in the Honolulu Airport on August 11th, 2005. Wow. And I was sentenced to nine years in federal prison. And I did set, six years and ten months of that nine years.
1: Where, where at?
2: I started off,
1: well, the way to federal prison. They transfer you every, so often? Yeah, because so you go know. different
2: security levels, right? So I was in the detention center for about a year going through pretrial. There's no prison in Hawaii. So then I got shipped over and I was at... Um, Victorville Wow And from Victorville I went to um, Oregon And then from Oregon I went to Lompoc And then I did the last Like four years Of my sentence In Lompoc Crazy And I went from A medium security Down to a camp Yeah And then went Like like. And you seven, quit
0: Right off the bat Like when
2: I, when I got busted I made a conscious decision Like I said An hour later My friends were sitting there There was five guys In a cell With you know Those little perfume Sampler bottles Yep Okay. They had that and they had about a half a gram of meth and a straw and a little bit lighter. And there's five guys sitting around a fucking toilet, right? So the cameras wouldn't see in the cell. And they're like, Mick, you want to get fucking high? I'd already been out for like three days. I'm like, dude, I got to defrost, man. Fuck, I don't need that shit. Yeah. I'm done. You know what I mean? Yeah. so crazy. You guys have, that. that is not going to help me. Yeah. I'm fucking, fucking way past that. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. That, but, that. but I made a conscious decision that, okay, it's over with. It's done.
1: And did you have to do any like AA and and in prison? And, okay, even... so
2: the last like year or so you're in prison, you can do what's called a DAP program, and it's you go to a, a like a like a boot camp mm-hmm. where you can't even swear, right? Wow. That's really bad for me, right? <laughs> That'd be bad and, for this guy too. Yeah, and be like, out. what the fuck?
1: I know. <laughs> yeah, everything yeah. out of my mouth.
2: Fuck these that But um, it's more. It's not. They, they call it a like a drug. Thing it's a nine month twenty four seven. They isolate you in a, in a different camp, and you go through these classes for. But I had already been down for like five years, six years, yeah. and clean. Um, it's more of making you think different. Yeah, you you know what I mean. Did you get How to approach? Like, Do you get any
0: scuffles in any of those in prison time? Couple, yeah,
2: couple. You know what I mean? Yeah, try to avoid that because then that just adds. A, Make your life worse. Yeah, and then you can't qualify for the DAP program. See, you do the DAP program for nine months, you get a year off your sentence. Mm-hmm. Right? Because in the Fed, you do 85% of your time, no matter what. You know what I mean? And so that was
0: not, not. Nine years, you have to do 85% of that, no matter yes. if, yes. if you're well behaved. Unless
2: you do the DAP program, then you can get. You do that for nine months, and, and they'll take a year off. Yeah. You know what I mean? Had you
0: ever been to jail before?
2: Uh... Well, I've been arrested like 36 different times in 4 different countries but I've never been convicted of anything. Mm. You know, what I mean I was arrested for anything from I never had no drug charges and that's kind of what helped me this time. Yeah. Because they were trying to give me like 17 18 years wow. because I was a first time offender with a drug offense, I qualified for what they call a safety valve. Yeah. So you, you the minimum mandatory for the amount of drugs that I had was 10 years. So to break that you either had to tell on friends, right? Or, you know, what they want you to do. They want you to, if you don't want to tell on a friend, if you don't want to do 10, you got to tell on a friend. If you don't want to do plenty or, or 20, you got to tell them plenty,
0: right? Wow. And and say that
1: one more time? If you don't want to do the 20, oh, you got right, to right. tell them plenty.
2: If you don't want to do 10, you oh. tell on a friend. Oh. If you don't want to do 20, you got to tell them plenty.
3: Right, yeah. that's how the
2: Feds work. That's wow. what they want, big fish. Right? Okay. Yeah. And and the, and the thing is, is what to, to qualify for the safety valve? They're gonna, you have to tell them what your part of the crime is. Right? Your your thing. Yeah. So like I said, I went in there I go, okay, this is your chance to save yourself. Fuck you. You know what I mean? The, the DEA guy, right? Right? They wanted me to fucking, oh, if you tell us about this, the surf industry, the surfers, they're naming all these surfers and all these people from the North Shore. If you tell us this, that, this, right? And I said, fuck you guys. They had nothing to do with what I was doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm th- This is my burn. I, I, You know what I mean? I'm not telling on these guys. They had nothing to do with what I was yeah. doing. So they said, okay, you're the one that's going to get fucked. So... When it came time for sentencing, they, they still wanted to give me the 17 years, but the judge said, oh, he told his part. That They said, what's your part of the crime? My part of the crime was I came over to California, I met a guy out surfing named Cowboy, and, and fuck, we started talking, and he said he could get some dope, and I started buying dope from him. You know what I mean? And I'd take it back to Hawaii. Oh, who would you sell it to in Hawaii? Whoever came to my fucking house with the money. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And that's all I said. Yeah. That's And I have that in, in fucking written documents, court documents, right? Yeah. So, so they they told me, okay, well, you, you know, Mister, N- you're the one that's gonna get fucked. So they ended up giving me nine years. I got one year less off the safety valve thing. Now, you go into prison, and anybody that's been in prison knows this in a federal prison system. If I walked up to you and said, "Oh, what are you in here for? Dope? Yeah. How much time you got? Oh, three, four years. Oh, how much dope did you have? Oh, I got a pound of meth. You know that guy told. Yeah. Because there's no fucking way you're going to get four years if you didn't tell. Yeah. Yeah. You know you know what I mean? Snitches. You know, you told on somebody. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And and, and another so-called famous guy from the North Shore, they told me, hey, you know what, Mr. Nielsen, we're going to get one of your fucking friends. We've been after you guys for 20 fucking years. We're going to get one of them, and, and he's going to get the deal. Okay? So six months later, this guy comes into the fucking cell block in, in the Federal Detention Center, Right? All of a sudden he's gone. He gets released. Wow. They won't even fucking bail, let me get bail because I'm such a high flight risk because of my traveling all yeah. the years as a pro surfer. They're like, no, you got to look at his passport, Your Honor. We've been after these guys for years and years. These guys on the North Shore. Fucking. So they wouldn't. Get, nobody could bail me out. They tried. This guy gets out. Oh, he's out on pre-trial release. Showed up at Lompoc. Five and a half years later. Wow. wow dropping my name all of a sudden uh, the the islanders are going hey mick there's a guy over at the camp he said he knows you this and that i went over there oh fuck here he is i walk right up to him i told him hey bro listen you know what you did and i know what you did right all i'm telling you is keep your fucking mouth shut stop dropping everybody's fucking name that you know and just do your fucking time and go home and i don't want to have nothing to do with you because i know he goes yeah but i didn't tell on you guys I go, I know, but you told. Yeah. It's the point. Yeah. You know. Just like there's another guy, famous skater, who got in trouble and this and that, and he's friends with all kinds of my friends. And I was an acquaintance of his before, but even today, my girlfriend says it's PMS, prison mentality syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see the guy. He's just far away from me. I won't even acknowledge him. And and you know, I used to talk to him before and stuff like that and and he's with all my other friends. He's friends with, and they're all good friends. But it's just me. Yeah. I cannot. I will not let that person be my friend because I know he didn't tell on me. He told on somebody else. But that's the code. He yeah. broke the code. But I can't trust him.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
2: You know what I mean? I just I can't trust him. So I I, I choose not to have anything to do with them. Yeah. It's so crazy. You know? And that's just me. Yeah. You know? I'm I'm an up and up guy. I'm fucking Yes, anybody that knows me, I'm straightforward, yeah, and I'm not, I, I'm not a bullshitter. You know what I mean, and and yeah. and well, that's you, just how I am.
1: I mean, obviously, it shows your character because of where yeah. you've been and where you've gone through and where you're at now. You know, like somebody that isn't going to stick to his guns isn't going to stay clean. Somebody that's not so, going to be doing the right, you know, making the right decisions. It's, it's, it's the
0: it's honor
2: stuff. amongst thieves, right? Yeah. Well. It, my father—it's so funny. My, my whole fucking life, my father. Hey, don't you fucking—my father. I got, grew up with three brothers. When something happened, one of his tools was missing, or somebody ate his fucking ice cream out of the freezer.
4: Yeah. Who ate my goddamn
2: ice cream? You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Four well, guys. Yeah. Four guys standing there going, "Oh, let me guess—it's the phantom." Yeah. Oh, I'll kick the shit out of all four of you guys. Yeah. So he kicked the shit out of all four of us, yeah. right? Growing up, that was accepted back in those days, right? Yeah, but nobody ratted each other out. And my mom tells me, after my dad passed away, I was telling somebody his story, my mom goes, you know what's so funny, Mickey? is He used to do that, Then he'd walk in the room and say, those son of a bitches wouldn't fucking tell. I beat the shit of and they still wouldn't tell. <laughs> well, you instilled that in us, Yeah. Dad. That's one of the traits that you gave us. Yeah. And, and that's just the way it is, you know? You know you, yeah,
0: so funny. So seven, eight, uh, nine years or
2: seven years? I did six years, 10 months. So yeah. Six years, it was, 10. And then another like four years on probation. So what happened was when I was in there, I didn't contact any of my friends or anybody because I didn't want anybody to be investigated. Mm. And then a lot of my true friends came back. Like Bob McKnight. Yeah. Started writing me letters. Hey, Mink, I got in touch with your mom. Right? Because, of course, he knows my family and everything. Yeah. And a bunch of my other friends that I, I've known my whole life, Marty Hoffman and a, and a bunch of people. And um. In that program, they they, they I had this as one of my little tasks, I had to have, um, people, uh, write letters to people. Go, hey, what did I do to fuck up our relationship? Hmm. And probably 95% of the people, like my parents and my friends and Bob and that, they wrote back and said, you didn't do nothing to us, Mick. You just disappeared. Mm. You know, you, you've never done nothing. You know, I've never, like, went out intentionally and just burned, you know what I mean? Yeah, done yeah. all that kind of shit, right? So Bob told me, he said, hey, Mick, what are you going to do when you get out? I said, fuck, I don't know why, what's up? And he said, you, you want a job? He goes, why don't you come live in California for a little while and fuck, we'll help you get back on your feet. You've never done nothing to us but help us out. Let us help you. So I said, okay, I I can do the halfway house for six months in California. I go, fuck, I'll give it a year and see how it is. And it's been 10 years ever since. 10 years since I've been here. Awesome. Yeah, Bob. There's another good thing
0: about Bob McKnight. Yeah.
2: I mean, fuck. I owe Bob a lot. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? He gave me a Bob gave me a second chance, yeah. and the people at Quicksilver. Because yeah. when I came in here, was still the old crew, you know Peter, Mel, everybody else, and everybody came with open arms and said, "What's up, Mick?" You know what I mean? Yeah, and they've all helped me out.
1: And that's what I mean. We we talk a lot about surfing and the brotherhood of surfing, and like how you know there's a lot of authentic people, and it's all relationships. You know, like you all have a, a common, you know. Like I tell my nephews, it's not what
2: you know, it's who you know and how you treat the people. That's yeah? it. Because he, he, my, my nephew's half Tahitian, and when he comes from Tahiti and stays with me, he's like, oh uncle, we go we go here, we go there, we go motocross, whatever we do. Yeah. Like everybody, they like give you. I said, it's not all give, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? I must have did something right to these people at one time yeah. in my life where they're willing to help me out. And just to sort of record straight because When I first, the first couple years I was out, everybody's going, oh, isn't it great? Quicksilver's just taking care of you and, and, and this and that. Bob and Quicksilver gave me an opportunity. Yeah. And I took that opportunity and, you know, it was. Made the most of it. Minimum wage, you know, start at the bottom, round zero. Yeah. And I had to rebuild my life after that yeah well i, I mean
1: to have a, a record it's really hard to get hired and, and you know you got to go through oh i was yeah. like,
2: like before you get out there like oh you got to take this class about how to write a fucking resume and how to do this yeah. and, you know to, to get you back into society right yeah. and i'm like no dude i don't need that i'm telling the, the guy that runs the prison no i don't need that shit man he goes well, who the fuck do you think how do you are you gonna get a job i said oh my friend that make, owns quicksilver said he's gonna give me a job Right, and he's like, "You're full of shit. That ain't gonna happen." I said, well, "I got a fucking letter in my locker." Yeah, and I brought out a fucking letter with the company's name on it, a letterhead with a letter from Bob McKnight saying, "We got a job for you, Mick. We're gonna get you back on your feet." Yeah. I love getting showing that guy was such an asshole. I love showing him that paper. Oh, everybody, yeah. bro, check this shit out. Fuck yeah. you and your classes. Man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. miserable. No, no people.
1: No people. But
2: but yeah, you can know all the people and. and you, you got to show up. You, you know and, too. Yeah. Like I said, I know full gangsters and I know multi-millionaires, guys that run big corporations and shit like that. And I treat everybody the same. You know, they all bleed and shit just like you do. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you know what I mean? For sure. Yeah. And, and, oh, you know Kelly Slater? Yeah, he's my friend. Yeah, I we were looking at
1: pictures of, of Kelly and, y- you know, and, um, you know, I know you spent a lot of time with him when he was young yeah. uh, coming over and, uh you know, as a aspiring pro when you're a kid, it's like, if you don't go to Hawaii and charge, if you don't go to Hawaii and prove yourselves, you're not going to be, yeah. you can just hang up pro surfing. And,
2: and that's exactly what Kelly did when he was young. And, and He would come to Hawaii and he would stay for three to four months. People wonder, oh, well, how come he surfs Pipeline so good? Yeah. Because for the last 30 years, he spent four or five months out of the year in Hawaii surfing Pipeline. That's yeah. how come. Yeah. Yeah. You know,
1: and and hanging out with a uh, peer group that you know is not knocking you down, but they're like you know like pushing Bro- Brock yeah. And, and yeah you know yeah. Bonnie All, Solomon and that crew that you know and, that that generation and, and that, your, Watson, your gen- and, that your generation and,
2: yeah. that was a good generation of surfers surfers you know Shane yeah. Dorian Keone, yeah, Ross U, and, Ross Williams yeah. Kelly that, that 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 was a good group of surfers that generation
1: yeah I mean they were workers. They were workers, but they were also, like,
2: pushing each other, like, you know. They were pushing each other in a positive way. Yeah. Let's say, like, me and Marvin, I mean, we pushed each other in <laughs> every fucking direction <laughs> you could. And, and and Keone used to live with me and Marvin. Yeah. One one year he lived with me and Marvin, you know. Hey, don't do what I do. Yeah. Do yeah. completely opposite, Keone. You know what I mean? You'll yeah. be all right. Yeah. And, and look how he's turned out. You yeah. know what I mean? Amazing human, too. But but it it's it's just like that generation was a really good generation, and and that's exact. That's when pro surfing really started to oh for sure evolve as a professional sport. You know yeah. what I mean, and and they had a big part of that. Yeah, were uh, yeah. pushing it in that direction.
1: Yeah, so, I mean it was you know, as a, as a kid, you know, you looked at like obviously North Shore was a proving ground, and you guys had, you know, the triple crown, but there was just you know for everybody I was a, a good surfer I wanted to surf big waves wanted to get a photo in the bag yeah. like you had to go th- what three or four months I was there every winter yeah you know and it was like the best three or four months out of the year yeah
2: but but you spent the time there but you had it. yeah you, you have to spend the time like I used to tell Kanoi, this is when I first got out of prison I yeah. used to tell go to Hawaii and, and Kanoi didn't even know who I was yeah right and I'd be at the pipe house he's like hey aren't you a guy that works at Quicksilver? yeah hey uh, my boards are at the airport do you think you can go get them I look at him like, who the fuck do you think you talking to? Yeah. I'll show you how to surf pipe. Yeah. <laughs> you you, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But,
1: well, but, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, there was years where you needed a history lesson. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Me, 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 and, we're, we're good friends yeah. now, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? But it, it was funny. It was funny in the beginning, right?
1: Yeah. And I, I think it's a little bit of maybe you could call it prima donna or just naive or just not knowing. A little, bit of, a little, a little bit, a of bit of both. A little bit of both. A little bit, bit of, of both, both. Like, you know. It was, you know, we talked to a lot of people that were g- coming over to Hawaii, and it's like, yeah, we just fucking pitch a tent, we throw a shit in the bushes, and we, you know, like, oh, the, like Kanok
2: came up to me. He goes, "You won this contest before? You were in the finals of the Pipe Masters?" Yeah, yeah, before you were even a spot on your mom's <laughs> <Yeah>. shit, right? <laughs> and, I'm, I'm not telling you this shit because yeah. I'm making it up. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. I'm telling you this shit because I've been there. Yeah, yeah, but you, just know, you know what I mean. they're ep- there evol- for a reason.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but the evolution of the sport and just the the, the like the North Shore, the development of the island and everything. I mean, it was so rugged back in the day, easy to kind of like pull it off with no money and sleep anywhere. And now it's like wide. these now yeah. these kids are coming in and they got a team house and they got oh they have team no fucking clue. Yeah. They, you know, oh we'll have to do the dishes. Or, you, you're know, not so funny, you know, so funny
2: Alan Burney. Okay, so Alan Burney he came for like 10, 12 years in a row, and he tells me, he goes, you know what, Mickey, this is the only fucking place I know in the world. <laughs> I come here every fucking year. I see the same brothers. They've, I've never seen them work. They surf all day. They they got money for beer and food. They got their families. and But it's, it's like nobody fucking works over here.
1: Yeah,
2: It's called Aloha, bro. You know what I mean? We take care of Everybody takes care of everybody. Yeah. I,
1: I, I think nobody works even here on the coast. It's <laughs> like, why is it so fucking crowded at 10, 11, 12 in the day? Where is it? Where's everybody doing?
2: Yeah, but over here, everybody get money, right? It's yeah. all the rich parents paying for it, right? Yeah. In Hawaii, no more. You no more, I mean? huh? Like growing up, half of my friends, the, the fathers used to tell me, hey, you guys cannot surf. The surfboard not going to feed you. Yeah. My father told me the same thing. Yeah. What the fuck? What are you going to do with that surfboard? Yeah. He was a framer, building houses in Hawaii. No, you're going to be part of the Hawaii Carpenters Union. He was a framing instructor for the Carpenters Union. Wow. Yeah. You know what I mean? I knew how to build a fucking house when I was six, seven years old. I was already working on houses with him.
4: Yeah.
2: See, it was natural, right? And that, I left that fucking job, right, and said, fuck, I'm going to be a pro surfer. Like I said, I starved for 10 years. You know, yeah. You know what I mean? But, um, Best 10 years of your life, traveling <laughs> the globe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, f- what do you yeah. mean, ever since? I know, yeah.
1: ever since. And, and that's a, I mean, that's the trade-off. If you can make a living doing
2: what we do, fucking... Yeah. If you can't complain. do what you love, you know what I mean? You're, yeah. But, you know, it's funny about uh, saying Kanoa doesn't even know. Like, even in here, because this is such a... You know, I've watched it when I first got out. There was Tom Holbrook, there was yeah. Willie, there was Pete, and that's all my friends. I was so stoked to come to work here, right? Definitely. I was like... And then they all got let go and it turned more corporate. Yeah. Not saying it's a negative, but
1: different you know, different like lines. now? Yeah.
2: Especially since COVID, the last two years, so many people have come into the company and left the company. You know, I'm the facilities manager, right? I take care of this building. Yep. You know, my joke is, Oh yeah, I hang lights and pictures on the walls. You know, what I mean people what do you do? I turn the air conditioner on. That's yeah. my job, right? Yeah. But they don't know. T- I'll tell you right now, 90 percent of the people in this building yep. do not know my history with Quicksilver. Yeah, yeah. and I'm go, I'm okay with that. Yeah, for sure. Right? You know what I mean? Half of them, are like, oh, oh, go do this for me. Go do that. Like, who the fuck do you think you talking to? Me? <laughs> yeah. Right? You, I check them too. Yeah, yeah. and that's what I think Bob likes likes me to do it half the time because. Well, like you said, it doesn't matter who you are, if you're yeah. minimum
1: wage or you're a multimillionaire, you treat everybody with respect, and you you, you would ask.
2: My father beat fucking manners into us. right? Yeah, you know that's... what I mean? Hey, even even my, my girlfriend Jackie, she, she tells people, they go, wow, it must be hard living with Mickey because he's always snapping and this and that. She goes, no, all you got to do is tell him please and thank you. He'll do anything for you. Yeah. You so simple. It's so fucking simple. Yeah. And people send me emails. Oh, I need you to do this and this and this. Like, Say please. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Respect. Come on. You know what I mean? I don't... I'm in charge of the janitors, yeah. right? You know, I want you to treat my janitor just like you treat the CEO of this company. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's Say the way please it and be. thank you and, and you know? Yeah, that's it's, it's so crazy. This new. corporate things way new to me. Yeah. I, I'm from I'm from Sunset Beach, you know what I mean? Uh, right? Somebody hey. acts stupid, you slap them, right? Yeah. right? It's all good. But you yeah. know how many times I've come into this office, Bob's office, and go, Bob, this motherfucker. <laughs> Bob, all I got to do is slap one guy. Believe me. Can, I? The, the Can word, I? the word will get out, and they'll all get in line after that. I promise you. That's it. It's an easy <laughs> you know?
1: philosophy, but yeah, HR would, yeah. Oh, HR
2: just that. would have a shit fit. Yeah.
1: Age, yeah, those were the we're good, good old di- days. We're in different times. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I I don't think we're 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 talking to fuzzy outside, and I was like, yeah, I remember being a, a kid and and watching like the hawaiian Some I'm not gonna name names, but they come do walk, walkthroughs when Qu- QuickSilver was at the old yeah Monrovia building, and I was just a grom, and like they're walking out with like. Trash bags, like oh, pulling up bruh. a car and they're like, yeah. Bruh. I
2: watch. Yeah. Okay, without mentioning names, I watch a fucking load up three bags one time, and, and he walks right up to me, and I'm the team captain. Yeah. Right, and he walks up to me. He goes, "What, me? Nobody's looking at much he goes right out the side door. He comes back. He goes, "Fuck, no, I can grab another bag, me." I go, oh, really? <laughs> I told Danny, "You fire that fucker right now." Yeah. You fire him right now because he's ripping the fucking company off. Yeah. I don't give a fuck if he's from Hawaii. Yeah. He, he's Pilau, you know what I mean? You fire him, or I'm coming back tomorrow with a U Haul truck. I'm going to load it up with everything I want out of this warehouse. And there's not a fucking thing you're going to say to me. Yeah. It's bad. And you that's know? how that's yeah. how I got rid of him. Yeah. I was right? going to
0: say Hawaii tax, but. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well it's just again. Like, hey, bro,
2: you know what? When we come over here, we do the Hawaiian tax, right? Yeah. But there's a limit.
0: For
1: sure. Like,
2: like, this fucker had 12 fucking of the same videos. Yeah. What are you going to do with 12 of the same... Hey, bro, you're more than welcome to take one of this, one yeah. of that, one of these. Right? You know what I mean? Yeah. You're, you're more than welcome... Just don't take advantage of it. And I've always been like that with my team guys, right? Yeah. You, you, you yeah. know what I mean? I've always been like that. It's like, bud, look, at, they'll give you whatever the fuck you need yeah. or whatever you want, but don't take advantage of it. Yeah,
1: yeah if you if you went up to, you know, at whoever's running you or Kwok or somebody or Wooly and be like, hey, you know, I just grab a few more things for my, my brother, and my dad. I need, I need to sell a couple to get this trip. As long as you're like yeah. open and transparent and be like, Dude, yeah, I just I won't want to be, but you're just stealing. He, he was straight stealing. stealing
0: is, but you, you heard the story about Danny, though, right?
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Stealing <laughs> That's how he got the fucking job. Uh, oh, he stole a lot more than that, trust me. Yeah.
0: That guy. I I I
2: I know all the stories. Yeah. No,
0: it's it's I love. Talking about history, sometimes it's not like politically correct, but it's fucking history. It, it is. It,
2: you know what? It was never, it, with Quicksilver, it was never really politically correct. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, especially yeah. back in those days with, with and yeah. Like I said, there was no rules back then. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody knew. No. The, the but, whole industry was like that.
0: Yeah. It's crazy how smart fucking Quok
2: is, though. Right. A fucking pocket of Chinese, this <laughs> way. Yeah. Well, him
0: and
1: McKnight together, and, and then you brought in underneath them two, and, and it, was it was just like, was, yeah, yeah, Tom, yeah. yeah. Dude, we and Tom and yeah, his, dude, he was... I mean,
2: people people don't know the history of Volcom with, with Richard. I said, fuck, Richard was a little... I've known Richard. He was, I want to say, 12, 13 years old when he was a little surfer kid, and I'd stay right there at River Street and 49th Street and I'd go out to 54th Street and I would see his grandmother sitting in a lawn chair at six in the morning all bundled up and Richard would be out surfing and about seven o'clock she'd blow a whistle and that meant for Richard to come in because then she she would drive him to school Yeah. and I watched him grow up Yeah. yeah and then he broke his neck and he couldn't follow his pro surfing career yeah so he became the, the, the team manager for California, I mean for US. Yes. So I worked with Richard because I was the team captain for Hawaii. Yeah. You know what I mean? At one time, like in Hawaii, we had like 25 guys on our team. We, cause they, we were for the only sure, show. Like, you're dominating. We were yeah. the only show in town. Yeah. Like, okay, so I would say Ruka's had it the last few years, you know, a good presence in Hawaii. Yeah. And then before that, it was Volcom. Definitely. Well, you put all that together, and that's what Quicksilver had in the 80s. And I, I personally think they let it go. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But at the same time, Danny was doing his little thing, but Richard broke off and started Volcom. Yeah. And if you notice, when Richard started off and broke Volcom, uh, about half the Hawaii team went with Volcom too. Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure.
2: You, you, you know what I mean? Which which is okay because it, it opened up more money for me to pay because I had so many guys yeah. on, on the team and stuff. But, I mean, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean the philosophy. But you know, but yeah,
2: watching the next three years, we're taking it back.
0: There you go. I've, we're already seeing really cool shit happening with, you know. Yeah, yeah. With Quicksilver we're coming and back. And, yeah, and, the young uh, bloods, for sure. And I mean, I, I mean, just
1: it's an iconic company, an iconic brand, and they're and they're so infused in in all the retail. And I mean, it should it should yeah. you know like. All the brands, you know, we, we always talk as we work for brands and we don't like, yeah. there's healthy competition and that's what you need. Yeah. You know, you need yeah, everybody exactly. to push, push the the design and push the marketing and, yeah. and support yeah. the athletes and support the retail and support yeah. the events. And yeah, so what, Quicksilver has this event and Billabong has this and Ruka has this and who, who cares as long as they're supporting. See, see I've, I've learned a
2: company. lot being a facilities manager here. I've learned a lot about how the corporate thing and how it all works, right? Yeah. Because before I was off in Hawaii, so I was just, whatever we were doing, we are doing. But now that I work here and I go around the b- building as a facilities manager and I see all the different departments and now the different brands. Yeah. And like you said, it's it's healthy and stuff. But you know and I know, the heyday of spending the monies, which is uh, the end of the 80s through the 90s and early 2000s, those days are over. Yeah. over. And a lot of people don't realize that. Over. You know, a lot of people that have ten year old groms that wanna be pro surfers and are looking at somebody, Oh yeah, my kid's gonna make three fucking four million dollars a year, those days are over. Yeah. You know, you know that. You're in the industry and, yeah. and stuff like that. But we wanna go back to our roots, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? I love but, it.
0: You gotta stay authentic. You gotta stay yeah. true to your roots and
1: Yeah. It and there's a being you know, again, like roots and authenticity and, and having that. It's it's just supporting that. That that community and that local kid and that surf shop and yeah. and that and that's what we push a lot in our show is you know there's no Amazon contests out there there's no Target no. yeah. contests out there there's no you know X Y and Z corporate it's the it's run by surfers and surfers for surfers, surfers. Yeah. For surfers and, you know? and you know
2: we need those and, other sponsors and, of course we need pro yeah. surfing but WSL to me is just like a media outlet it's not really. I don't think it has surfers' best interest as, yeah. as being a real surf deal.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I hope they can figure out what they need to do to be a, a media slash... Fuck, I don't, yeah. what am I trying to say? Well, the, We uh, need we need them... We need them. To yeah. to highlight and promote... Yes. And the are they're, they're,
2: they're good at that aspect of yeah. it. Yeah. But
1: it's... The content... That's a tough thing is... Contests are so subjective in the contest area and where it's at and the it time came frame. It's so
2: mechanical, like, yeah. yeah.
1: But but the platform of a, a media company, that's where the money's at and putting out content. And, 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 I, and, understand, and I understand. And, and that's the balance. Yeah,
2: yeah. But, you know, like, okay, so this contest they just had in Brazil with Felipe getting a 10, doing that one fucking aerial. Yeah, yeah. I
0: mean, that's the only wave I saw in the final <laughs> so far. I, but, but I mean, it, fuck, it was one maneuver. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? I, it's it's weird because sometimes I
2: get it. It was an insane. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. It was a fucking mind blowing aerial. But yeah, was it a fucking ten? Yeah. I mean, that's all he did on the whole wave. I
0: yeah. mean, was it an eight? Was it a seven point five? Right. Yeah. But it was a fucking ten for yeah. one. It was a ten on yeah. f-
2: first wave of the fucking heat. Yeah. And it's like, how do you how, how do you score the rest of the fucking heat? Yeah. Right. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? I I love. I used to do aerials and all that fucking stuff, and 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 I and I love it and there's a place for it I just I just thought that score was a little high totally you yeah, know what I mean
1: I, I, and it, I agree you know and, they, and of course they're gonna look at it as like well we're looking at that particular time of the day and what's you know yeah. elevate, you know, yeah. they, they're gonna break it down however yeah. it fits the the MO of
2: like what they, their, their sky but, but as being a, a surfer a real surfer yeah. I, you know Hey, maybe if you did a couple snaps turns before and then and then popped well, it or yeah. you, you know what I mean. But, it kind but of, his
1: next left, you know, he lit up four turns and it was incredible. And, and but, but even like but, an eight or something. Yeah,
2: yeah. And it's it's just the, those type
1: of venues where you're not getting a lot of surfing. Yeah, you're getting you're, a, get, you're getting a, an,
0: a 10 like, barrel or a 10 air every hundred waves. Yeah, the, the crowd and they're trying to really make it. Spectacular, yeah. right? Oh yeah! Especially,
2: isn't, Str- isn't Strider great at that? Oh. And Kaipo oh. making it sound spectacular. Yeah. <laughs> I love it.
0: I love it. Those guys, they look so it. good with their, their,
2: And I love fantastic. both of them. Oh, They're both them. my friends, and I love them. And <laughs> I hate to
0: put Strider on the on the on the spot here. But no, he I'm not was, putting Strider. No, I, I. Oh, I'm putting Strider on the spot. He was wearing a golf shirt.
2: Travis Matthews, right next door.
0: Oh. Yeah. Right? Yeah.
2: But yeah, somebody else, you know what's so funny is, somebody else came up to me the other day and goes, oh, this writer Strider's wearing a Travis Matthews shirt. Yeah. Travis Matthews moved into our old corporate yeah. headquarters. Yeah. yeah. But. They're huge. But Stratus should be wearing Quicksilver
0: or something. Well,
1: they got to wear the sponsors usually. Who's the, sponsor the, event? the event. So, so if it's a rib curl event, they're all, the whole staff's in the I order. understand yeah. that. Yeah. But. If he's not These who, guys, who put on
2: who, Who's the sponsor That Oi Rio Oi,
1: Oi Brazil yeah. yeah They're telecommunication That's why they're, yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: That's why everyone Was wearing like Their own shirts Yeah You know yeah. No one had like A uniform And yeah. Strider chose To wear Travis Matthews
2: Well mm. you know He lives up in Malibu <laughs> uh, He has his house In Malibu He's yeah. Yeah. got Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> And the North Shore.
1: that guy is killing it No But yeah We love Strider and we and, and, from, and yeah. all the
0: guys like you Peter know. yeah we had both. dude we've had Peter on we've had Strider on and we've had Kaiba on yeah okay and and a triple and
2: threat and it's okay. funny because through history at one time or another they all either rode or worked for Quicksilver yeah yeah you know what i mean yeah. even even Rosie wrote the girl Rosie yeah, yeah. Huh, she Hodge. used to ride for Roxy Hodge, yeah you know yeah. what i mean
1: yeah i mean I, I, at one point i think you know you are if you're a surfer and you've been doing it as long, it's either Billabong, Quicksilver, or Rip Eight, like Okay,
2: so so to the mid, I would say to at least the mid-90s or so, probably 95% of every pro surfer or competitive surfer from Hawaii rode for Quicksilver at one time or another during their career. Yeah,
1: for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Billabong and Quicksilver, I mean, forever from, you know, the 80s and 90s. Yeah. They dominated And then, yeah. you know, rip, rip Curl, of course, it was, but everybody was in their own little lane. Like, you know, we love the old stories where Stores just make board shorts and Rip Curl is supposed to just make wetsuits. Yeah. And and then, you know. I used to ride for them when
2: they did all that. Yeah. yeah. And, and they were out of Torquay. And so it's like, okay, if you rode for Quicksilter, you rode for Rip Curl. Yeah. That was automatic. Yeah. That was an automatic deal. It's so crazy. And, and now
0: it's just like. It's funny how Bob and Hackman got the licensee, too. That yeah, the party yeah. At the party? Party in, yeah. eating the doily. <laughs> yeah. Or eating the, the weird fucking napkin. Alan Green's a...
2: If you, I'm, no, Alan. Alan Green is a fucking fantastic human being. You know what I mean? <laughs> i got nothing good, yeah. good things to say about him. I yeah. went and stayed with those guys down there in Torquay for a while and had a blast with them. Yeah. So
0: surfing's taking you all over the world. Yes. That's freaking awesome.
2: Yeah. And have you been surfing at all lately or... Not really out here. I yeah. do when I go. I go to, back to Hawaii probably like four to eight times a year. Awesome. And then I surf when I'm in Hawaii. Yeah. I got in a bad motorcycle accident like four years ago. I have a really hard time getting to my feet. Oof. Once I get to my feet, I'm okay. So, it, motorcycle is your new passion? Well, I've to... always ridden dirt bikes, right? So, you know, me, me and Marvin, if we weren't surfing, we were riding dirt bikes because the, the motocross tracks right up above our house at Belzyland. Yeah. yeah. You know, and that's what we did, right? And then I was riding dirt bikes over here and a guy landed on me and, and broke, like, almost everything on this half of my body. Oh, wow. And um, so i have a hard time to stand up. Once I get to my feet, I, I'm good. But, like, I, I try to explain to people, it's like, you know how hard it is when it takes me, like, three waves to get to my feet on a waist-high wave? Yeah. When, when I used to be able to switch stance at Waimea Bay my god! You know what I mean? Our yeah. surf, fucking outer reef pipe, yeah. and now I fucking you know it. It's, it gets real frustrating. Yeah, definitely. You, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, it would. I'm if I am out of the water for four or five days, I mean, it's hard for me to fucking stand up on a wave. Yeah, and, and, and don't,
2: don't get me wrong. I still go jump in the ocean. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because that cleanses your soul, right? you, yeah. you know what I mean. The, Salt there and, and stuff like that, but well, yeah, you're mentioning just going
1: out for body surfing. Yeah, swimming, you know, you know, it's know what I mean? just, I, that's because I have a life. hard time
2: standing up a lot, right? Yeah, and I get frustrated. I go out there in the three, four waves, I'm eating it like a kook. Yeah, and, and I get frustrated. I like, fuck the board. I'll go body surf. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you, you have, know what I mean. Have you done any wave pools at all? No, I went to I went to Waco when they did Quicksilver did the Stranger Things, but they were filming at eleven o'clock at night. It was forty degrees, and oh, they had it set up for aerials and. I'm a little old for that shit. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I left that to the little to the little kids, right? Little whippersnappers. Little whippersnappers. Yeah. They, they, they yeah.
1: wanted that ambiance with the the steam and the lights and everything. Yeah. yeah.
2: How
0: mind blowing is it that there's it's just to watch these things, you know. All oh, over it's the incredible world
2: now. It's incredible.
1: Like you're you know, even if you're just there to spectate, like the, you could be up on the wall or you're, I mean, they're doing freaking
2: here's like five In feet my room, from. looking out the window, <laughs> watching you know, them, right? Yeah. I, no, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. You know what I mean? And, and it's going to get, you know, that's why the kids are so good nowadays. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: It finally gives them an opportunity to, to, to do. Well, it's, it's like skateboarding or snowboarding, you that's know, it. it's repetitive. Repetitive. So
2: you yeah. can go, you can yeah. sit there and go back and forth, back and forth all day long and, until you get it right. That's it you know yeah. you can't do that on a natural wave because every wave is different right yeah,
1: yeah. you and, know and what the kids are doing now it's fucking mind blowing yeah. well with all the, the,
2: the what do the surfboards weigh nothing yeah pound
1: pound and a half <laughs> yeah you know yeah I don't know some of those epoxies yeah probably a couple pounds like the fins weigh more than the board yeah exactly yeah so, so amazing yeah yeah, yeah we're, we're excited on, on you know like the wave pool scene and just where surfing's going and You know, know, the the thing is with the wave
2: pools, right? And I know this was a philosophy I heard years ago was, you know, they got, for instance, okay, they got the West and the East Coast surfing, right? Yeah. And Gulf Coast. Well, once you start wave pools and you start popping up wave pools in the Midwest, you know what I mean? Now you got the middle America. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, just like in Australia, they're going to have them all over in Australia and everything too. But, you know, you... You get Middle America, guess what? They need shorts to go surfing, right? Yeah. yeah. It's it's
0: a trip because, you know, you've worked you've been with a brand that's been the biggest brand in the world owning other brands, right? Yeah. And and the bigger it got, the more corporate it got. And honestly, it lost its way for yes. a little while there, right? Yes, yes. And it's it's crazy the 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 way we're talking about, you know, encompassing the whole continent of the U.S. to try to, our, our job is to sell product. Yes, yes. exactly. And sell a lifestyle and no blah, blah, wave pools are gonna expose. Certain-
1: for,
2: for instance, now Kelly's, he's not just building a wave pool, but they're building a whole resort yeah. in Palm Springs. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Houses and dirt to okay. go with it.
2: That was the plan 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah. That was the plan 20 years ago. If it works, guess what? You can put one in Omaha, Nebraska. Yeah. Yeah. You can put one in South Dakota. Yeah. Right? You you know what I mean? And 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 yeah. The, I, the idea is to sell product. It doesn't matter if it's surfboards, clothing, tickets to the wave pool. Yeah. That's
0: it. Right? Europe's starting I think Europe's got way more than, you know, I think I, down,
2: I, I think up. Europe and, and Australia might even have more, more than, than us. Yeah, than us. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. Yeah, for sure. Like that that one that Aki and those guys are behind in in the plunger. The plunger? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean that thing's incredible. It's too. incredible Be, because, like Aki said, you know, I talked to him about it. But each each little spot they got around in that circle yeah. is a different setup.
1: Yeah, yeah. You got the the beginner wave. You got the kind of like here, here, break. Hey, you got the slab.
2: Here, here's a good one. You know when Kelly first opened his, his wave pool? Remember it was one long fast barrel? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then it, then it changed, right? Okay, so I get a phone call one day from a guy that I was locked up with in Lompoc. He was a heavy machine operator. And then when he got out, he came to visit me. I said, oh, what are you doing now? He goes, oh, I drive heavy equipment. We we go out into the desert, we dig these big holes, we line them with rubber, and then we put toxic chemicals in it, let let it evaporate, all the liquid, and then they go and they clean it up. Wow. Wow. Hmm. So he, That's how I get rid of it. So he calls me up one day and goes, Hey Mick, do you know this guy Kelly Slater? Because <laughs> he's digging the trench right there. And I went like this, I go, Why? I go, yeah, he's my friend. Why? What are you doing? Are you working on the, the wave pool? He goes, How did you know that? <laughs> He goes, yeah. we're supposed to sign this disclaimer that we're not supposed to talk about it and shit like yeah. that. I go, I know what you do. You dig fucking holes in the ground yeah. with, a, with an excavator, hit. right? <laughs> you live in Vasilia, which is right over there by where the wave pool yeah. is. Yeah. And now you're asking me about Kelly Slater. Yeah. Uh, that tape, yeah. Wasn't it one in t- t- one t- three, t- right? <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Uh, and, and then he's the guy that actually ran the machine that they, they changed the contour because after that they had the... The writing part, then the barrel, then the writing part in yeah. the barrel, right? Well, my friend from Lompoc is the guy that actually did the machine work in there. Yeah. How funny, and did it. Yeah. What, what a small a world! Small world, huh? Yeah, that's so <laughs> wild.
1: But yeah, he he's probably like thinking, like, oh, there's no way
2: you know about this. It's yeah, like, Dude, we're in the surf. Sort of well, yeah. yeah, yeah, they knew I was a surfer, right? But uh, because. Yeah, anyway yeah. They, they knew I was a surfer so you know he's like fuck I told my boss if anybody knew him you would know the guy yeah, yeah. cause like when I was locked up you know everybody has the TVs right and yeah. then the you know the white guys got theirs the, the Mexicans the black guys and the, the islanders right and I would always make sure that I could watch motocross and, and um, surfing and it, I'd see stuff with like Tommy and, and and Ross Clark Jones and I'm going these are my friends I'd yeah. tell my, my friends i go yeah these are my friends yeah and then, like the guys from Surfing Magazine and stuff, they'd send me subscriptions of the magazines and, and things like that, right? So, oh, people knew that I was a surfer, yeah. Not that I was going around going, Hey, look at me, yeah, yeah. right? That's the last thing you really want to do, but yeah, you want to keep a little pro. But yeah, it was f- funny when he called me up, my friend. Yeah. That's fucking hilarious,
1: yeah. I can't wait. More weight pulls, I don't have to fly to Texas for
2: <laughs> just drive a couple hours from here. Why just ride. You know, when they did Stranger Things, you know, of course, Cooks was like, yeah, we'll pay your way, fly out there, and this and that, and that. What are you fucking talking about? Just tell me what day to be there. They go, why? What are you going to do? I said, fuck, I'm going to ride my Harley out there. Sick. Did you? Yeah. That's so It's rad. only down the street, right? It only took two days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Texas is just down the street. Yeah, a couple of days. It's all good. That's what I mean. I'm, I'm into doing long rides like that on, on my Harley, you know. And now I got, like, motorcycle sponsors, like, you know, like I did in surfing. You're still sponsored, dude? He's I get like, Harley parts and Harleys yeah. <laughs> and helmets and, you know. That's fucking awesome. You got to milk that. Like like, like Simpson helmets? Yeah. Uh-huh. Motorcycle helmets? Yeah. Dave Nelson? He's an old surfer from Huntington Beach. No way. So he, he takes care of us with helmets and stuff like that. My friend Brandon Quaid from Quaid Harley Davidson in Loma Linda, um, he has a house right there by Pacific City. Sweet. And he surfs. Nice. So you know, I make sure he gets his wetsuits and everything he yeah. needs to go surfing. And that's it. We're all about relationships. Yeah, it's all, it's all how you treat people, right? Yeah. How you treat people, yeah. you know? Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, this has been awesome. I think we you, we got to... How long do you think we've yeah. been going? We got to wrap this up. Fucking goddamn! <laughs> <laughs> Two and a half hours. Two and a half hours.
2: Good thing we weren't high, huh? Yeah. <laughs> hey,
1: I just want to give a shout out again to Bob McKnight and QuickServe, which has been you know by your side through thick and thin. And yeah, I, to I support mean, you I, and, I'm so grateful and thankful for and, them. Uh, and, uh, I mean, just what you know, whether you're a fan of QuickServe, just what they've done, you know, for, for the industry for the decades on decades is it's incredible.
2: Watch what we got planned now. Yeah. And a and, um, and, uh, shout out to Quack, too. Yeah. Quack, for giving me that opportunity. D- Danny gave me the opportunity at the beginning. That's how I met yeah. Bob. And fuck, it, for me, it's been a lifelong journey and a lifelong friendship with these guys. And yeah. I can't thank them enough because, you know. Well, I'm pretty much that I got a whim
1: and say that you're the number two employee of, of Quicksilver yeah. besides Bob McKnight.
2: I, I'm definitely for, the old... Me and Bob <laughs> are the two <laughs> oldest fuckers well, here. Just <laughs> you, from, you
1: know, like, you know. 78, 79, or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Part
0: of Quicksilver, you've you never left Quicksilver. Uh-uh. Yeah. Since since you started. Since that contract was signed for...
2: for well, road besides sales. when I was incarcerated. Well, yeah. yeah. But I, you were still right. I before. just went on vacation, right? Yeah, I
1: was on tour. Yeah. So I, was doing a little I did tour.
2: actually go on tour of the West Coast prison Federal Prison System. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I flew on Con Air and I rode the fucking bus up and down this place. <laughs>
1: Well, but, um but yeah. I'm just stoked. You never had to kick my ass in Hawaii. Thank you for that. I guess yeah. I did something okay. Hopefully I only
2: <laughs> kicked guys' asses that deserved it. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, no, I definitely didn't. But uh This has been awesome. But yeah Thank you I guys mean, for doing it. Dude, I appreciate it. For, yeah, we just love to tell people sharing. stories and, and you had such a unique, you know, past and you know, being a part of like I said, Quicksilver for so long and you know, a lot of people know you're the badass you are, but you know, they probably didn't know you won the Vulcan Pipe Pro. They never probably knew you finished sixth you know, on the Triple Crown yeah. and, you know, used to charge YMA on, you know, going to, you know, one of the first people to Tabarua and, to you know, and chokes. Like, dude, just, you know, like, those are special moments of your life and, yeah. and I, I wouldn't, I know a lot of people had signed a check to go do, you know, some of those trips, right? Like, yeah. back oh, in the day, like, yeah. it's, oh, yeah. it's your pipe with eight, eight dudes out, like, yeah.
2: you, you know, sign me up. I was, was fortunate, I was lucky, I'm very fortunate, I was Born at the right time and yeah. stepped on shit in the right time, I guess. You know what I mean. But yeah. good and bad. Yeah, I have no regrets. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, as you shouldn't. You know, hey, people. You know, life's a fucking wild ride. Yeah. You yeah. know, you, you try to do the right decision all the time, and sometimes you don't, and and you do, you own up to it, like you did. And, yeah. Um, exactly. And you've uh, you persevered, and you, now you're freaking. You know, in I, good I know, place. I know. Coming on here, fuzzy's going,
2: oh, what are you talking? You want to talk? I go, fuck Fuzzy, most people know my story, and yeah. the thing is, is you know, if it can help somebody uh, make the right decision, you know what I mean. Yeah, going l- listen, kids, going to prison. There's nothing fucking cool about it. Yep. If you want to hang out with a bunch of fucking guys and their sweaty balls for years, that's what you got to look forward to. Yeah. Yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. People ask, well, what do you miss about going to prison? Yeah, I miss the scent of a woman. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And the smell of the ocean. But when I was at Lompoc, I got to go see the ocean. That's cool. Yeah, but, you know, those oh, yeah. those are things you don't think about until you don't have them, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? And yeah. there's nothing fucking cool about it. You know what yeah. I mean? Nothing at all.
0: Well, Dude, we're stoked that you're fucking... Amped on life and yeah, just don't don't crash on a motorbike. Don't life. crash no. on a motorbike. Yeah.
2: I keep it under 140.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Well, thanks for sitting down with us. Thank you, you
1: guys thank you for having me. Nielsen!
0: <laughs> that was awesome, dude.
1: Thank you so thank much. You. Bonsai bowls. Hands down, the best bowls, period.
0: Seven locations. Two in Hawaii, five in Southern California. Bonsai bowls. Go get some. Caliente Southwest Grill. Clearweather is a family-owned footwear brand started by our friends Josh and Brandon Brubaker.
1: They are driven to create their own path in the corporate
0: sneaker world. Less corporate, more independent. Clearweather. Clearweatherbrand.com Foo is the best, ickiest, stickiest wax in the game. Foo Wax. Late Night with Chalky is supported by Inherent Bummer. Surf entertainment, thoughtful writing, surf videos, music, and fresh hell for the core surf community. Remember, it's not the end of the world. Subscribe and check it all out at InherentBummer.com. Thanks
1: for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please give us a five-star rating and spread the word.
0: Special thanks to our good friends, James Williams for our awesome artwork and Justin Reynolds for the amazing music.